Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Daniel gets it in. Baker gets a clean look. He missed it short. And it is Illinois ball. Chance to tie or potentially win it with 5.8 to go for the Gophers. Cooper to battle for the win. Your game-winning three tonight feels like a momentum-building three for this program. No, for sure. I think it was just taking my time on that shot. I knew, you know, they're going to play me for my three, right? And, you know, take that pump fake, take that dribble, set of yourself, and then the rest is history. Uh, In a battle we trust. Apparently. At least my man... Robbie Lula does as he joins us for another day. I mean, just pulling shifts all over the place. He's like the Swiss Army knife of sports media. Well, you know, I'm like an hourly worker. I just come in when I'm calling. <laughs> hey, what do you guys think about that contract? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the milk for free. Let's do something different. <laughs> that voice you hear right away is my main man, Robbie Lula, as... Um, Uncle Ruru is is on the men, so we are wishing him the best in terms of him feeling better. Uh, live from HVC, that is the Hale Varsity Club, where we will feed you a little bit of breakfast. Live from the H and H Chevrolet Studio, some folks are starting to trickle in. We have two of the mainstays. That's a little premature. <laughs> That would be Sasha Durkin over there on the wheels of steel, making sure Shane does not fall out of the moving vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) He's over there knowing it's Friday. He's excited because he's going to get fed for free. Oh, well, and I brought him more treats, too. Hey, so listen, full disclosure, (laughs) this would be a fantastic show. I'm going to set the line up here in a second. So... Ravi Lula, my partner here, his wife is a fantastic pastry chef. Mm-hmm. We we know how this goes. And so you, su- very in very Ravi-like fashion, because it's all about the delivery. <laughs> Sasha. That's what people tell me. Do you like sweets? <laughs> Sasha not making eye contact. Yeah, I kind of have a sweet tooth. Cool, you don't say. Hey, well, let me tell you about my wife. <laughs> Sasha's like basically <laughs> trying to hit fast forward. You know, on the old players where it's like, yeah, rrr, yep. Because I don't think she wants to be tempted. <laughs> so she doesn't really respond. She sure. basically says, yes, 
I'm familiar. Your wife is a fantastic <laughs> pastry chef. Very minimal exchanging sure. of dialogue. Yeah. Until you open the lid. <laughs> and then like, it, what do we have then here? Then it turned into holy buckets. <laughs> Yeah, we have a cherry Coke, Pepsi, Pop Tart, Special Cupcake, cupcake. cupcake Cookie, cupcake. Smoothie, Eclair. Got some cream puffs over there. Freaking Shang Ping, whatever. It's like, what is going on? And who has that much time? What what are those things over there? Uh so there's there's some cream puffs. They're not just normal cream puffs, they're special. No, why I mean why would she? But I can't remember all the adjectives. Yeah. Uh so I'm just calling them cream puffs right now. Uh the other one is a Cherry Pepsi cupcake with a some kind of 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 Pepsi top uh, uh, frosting on it. Okay. Uh, is she bothered by the fact you don't pay attention to what it is? Or is no, it she just I try to eat it. I try really hard. It's like if I were to if I were to like break down a pick and roll coverage for her, <laughs> she'd be like, "So big guy, stop shot." <laughs> And I'd be like, eh, more or less. Yeah, yeah, She'd be uh, like, uh, I don't care about like freezing, about dropping, about icing the coverage, yeah. about hard hedge or whatever. She'd be like, big guy, stop ball. <clears throat> I'd be like, yeah, more or less. So you're like cherry Pepsi frosting. So her, her desserts are my version of that where I'm like sweet thing in mouth yeah that's all I, that's all i can do super super caveman yeah. uh just a just a smidge of uh what's gonna happen today fantastic show uh free lineup like we said live from h and h chevrolet studio uh, come say hello have some breakfast uh, some people will drink there some people will eat theirs some won't do anything they may just Hang out and loiter. That's kind of what we do every day. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, we'll try to do some work. Really, really good show today. 7.30 hour. We'll get to Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7 Sports. Uh, Mike Sauter, who, who we'll see what kind of mood he's in. Uh, never know. It's a crapshoot. And it's <laughs> girls' state high school basketball championship. So he's been burning at both ends a little bit. This is about his busiest, like, two-week stretch of the year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell Sauter about himself here when we get him on. Okay. Because what, what he, could go wrong there? What he pulled off the other night yeah. by basically having me babysit his kids was short of the greatest side hustle I've ever seen. <laughs> you, got, uh, you got a little bit of a bait and switch there. Oh, and it was so stealthy. Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, Zoe, I sit in the same place mm-hmm. every game. And Zoe's up there in, in, in kind of daddy's corner, right? Mm-hmm. We sit up there with a couple of other coaches. I don't I don't bother anybody. Zoe has a little friend, Sadie, mm-hmm. who's fantastic, little little itty-bitty. And Sadie's mom, Amber. Amber teaches at the high school. Super cool mom. So we just kind of have our thing, mm-hmm. right? She brings chairbacks to the game, by the way, and they're like things you'd bring to like a family un- reunion, like okay. they're big time. They're not like these little hard back seats. They're like, well, listen, to, if you're in the games all the time, you got. I don't even know if they're inflatable, but great side hustle, right? She she is the one that that had the big laptop that allowed me to watch state wrestling while nice while basketball play was going on. So Sauter is sitting at. He looks official, mm-hmm. kind of. He's over there with people that, like, keep stats and stuff. Sure, yeah. And he's got his two little princesses sitting next to him. I walk by. I say hello. I give a couple high fives, mm-hmm. uh, especially Leighton because she's, I mean, she's the older of the two. And 
And, you know, Lily's a, a little more quiet, but probably has a big personality. About five minutes later, he's like, hey, uh, where's Zoe? I said, hey. oh, she, oh, she's up in the corner. Okay. Right, what's up? Uh, can I leave the girls with her? Uh, Mike, Zoe's four. I was going to say, I like how he says with her. <laughs> no, I, God is my – and if he if he says anything different, he's not telling the truth. I appreci- That's exactly what I he says. I appreciate that as if Zoe has the faculties to babysit other yeah, children. Yeah, Now, she is a, a low-key prodigy. Still, she's four years old. Yeah. She, at one point during the night, she said, Daddy, I need your keys. The blue gym is locked. <laughs> God is my witness. Like she's gonna take the keys and open the door. She's like, Shane. She's saying she's Shane size. I don't need you except for the keys. Give me the keys. I'll figure it out. So I fast forward, and I think I think Lily even had to use the restroom, and one of the teachers at the school took her because mm-hmm. I saw her kind of hold her hand. I'm like, so is Sutter just like all the way out or <laughs> or not? Hey, I didn't s- listen. I didn't see this dude. Until the end of the game. Yeah, buzzer hits, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm back. <laughs> he's like, oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> That's how we're doing it, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, I'll be getting my $12 an hour. I was going to say, you'd be like. <laughs> Is that the going rate for babysitting? Did you ask him, like, hey, normally you tip the help? Like, what do we have here? Not, not even so much as a thank you. <laughs> Listen, four quarters. Who raised of, him? Of an, ov- of an overtime game. <laughs> Where Westside proceeds to give up an 11-point lead with less than two minutes to play. So you were probably in a great mood to be dealing with extra people's Listen, kids. Man, I don't even think I sat down for four minutes. And I was like, God bless Amber. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, without just the ability to, like, give in. And, I, and, and Amber was super smart, too, because mm-hmm. when the girls wanted to go to the gym, Zoe asked for the key. And so my, uh, my daughter was down, and she's like, oh, I'll take him. <laughs> Amber's like, Sadie, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Bunch of little girls running this high school. Even though I work here, we're not having it. It's so, like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, so I meant to get at him, but mm-hmm. I've been so preoccupied. I haven't had a chance to get into him. But, yeah, at the 8 o'clock hour. You might have a little speaking well, to. We'll light him up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Well, at the 9 o'clock hour, we get the Huskers' chief of staff, Dr. Elso. I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, there's, there's a couple things. I don't know. It depends on how gracious she'll be with her time. We may get her for back-to-back segments. Okay. I, we'll see. Yeah. She's a conversationalist. Uh, number one, I want to know, like, I would never – kind of, but I don't. You know how we hate to take a backseat to Texas in anything? Sure, yeah. So let's try to refrain from comparing the high school sports scene. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be on you. No, no. So, but I am curious, though, because remember. That's how it starts. You're like, oh, I'm not going to compare them. I just, I'm just wondering. I, I, I am curious, and then though, you're because be I think the passion is close. Probably. Just the numbers. It's the population's different. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it makes sense. You're probably, it's probably very similar, honestly, to like West Texas, where you don't quite have as much population as you do in, like, your Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, that, like... Are you using geography? Because... Well, listen, I'm... Let's not forget, I am American. We don't know where anything is other than where we are. So you've got, like, 90% of the population in this part of Texas. Is that the big part with the square or the part where it gets to the point? We're getting down to the point there. Okay. Okay. So we've got, like, Dallas, Houston all in a line there, going right down to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. 
and then the other 80% of the state is everyone else. But you got about 90% of the population right in that line. Oh, so it is similar to Nebraska. Right, that's what I'm saying. So you've kind of got like your Omaha Lincoln, and then you've got everybody else. So Nebraska is probably a lot like West Texas in that sense, where the passion's incredible, but you're dealing with, and again, a smaller school in Texas is 4,000 kids. A smaller school in Nebraska is 400 kids, right? So it's a little bit different. Yeah. So we're messing with some zeros there. But <laughs> give, or ta- give or take a comma? Yeah, give or take like class D2 versus super six class or whatever they call them in Texas now. I don't even know what they call them anymore. Were you having like 10,000 kids? Yeah, it's because they're like, nope, we're not building another high school. We refuse. Uh, There's no way we're going from a 30,000-seat stadium to 55,000. How are we going to afford the new Jumbotron every three years with only 5,000 kids in our school? So one thing I do kind of want to know is uh, how do you keep – from getting spoiled here in in what sense because and i and i talk to coach rule about this all the time and he's the one that like brought it up to me Mm -hmm. you know because relative to where he's been Mm -hmm. like you take temple you take waco uh you know the reference was kind of made to like disneyland okay sure 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 you mean with all the the bells and whistles and And, toys and resources and and the built-in like commitment, like fans, just all in. Yeah, you don't have to convince. Oh, good, good morning to the nicest mean guy in, a, in, a, in maybe the Omaha metropolitan area, You'd, hockey dad. <laughs> you don't have to convince Nebraska to be bought in on Nebraska football. You don't. Whereas, like, you're going from Philadelphia, where they have a million other things they care about more than Temple. You're going to Texas, where Baylor is pretty low on the food chain. I mean, honestly, everybody after Texas and Texas A&M is pretty Carolina, good. you're not winning, but it's a fantastic job. Good job, not winning. So that's, that's a – and it's just different with pro sports, right? Yeah. It's a, just a different deal. So, and they, you, you mentioned they talked about this. I, I think a lot of their mindset in coming here was imagine what we could do with real resources. Because yeah. they never really had that at Temple. Obviously, Baylor's a different situation with what they inherited and what they're willing to spend on football. So you've got them in this, you know, I don't know if spoiled, but I think, I don't know what the word is for it, to enjoy your surroundings without being, without taking them for granted. Yeah, that, and I mean, so that's, that's got to kind of have to be a thing, because you have to have some built-in guardrails, uh, so, and, and it kind of has to be in your DNA, too. I've always talked about it, this job needing to have, you got to be a grinder. Which I think they found. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I think that's a that's probably the word most people would use to describe Matt Rule and his staff is yeah. grinder. But the other thing is, you have to have an adult. Like you need a somebody with some maturity to be able to see all of the things at your disposal and not assume that those things will get the job done for you. Do you get the sense when you are like uh, getting a snapshot of this staff? Mm-hmm. How often do you think Coach Rule is the smartest guy in the room? If you just take a look at his staff, the support staff, where his area of expertise is. How often is he actually the smartest guy in the room, or how often does he feel like he's the smartest guy in the room? That he's actually the smartest guy in the room. Probably more often than not. But a fair enough amount to keep him humble, though, Yes. Well, so that's why I asked the distinction there, because he probably is the smartest guy in most rooms he's in. 
but he never assumes he's the smartest guy in every room he's in. And there's a huge difference there because if you assume you are, you're not going to learn from anybody. But if you are and you go in assuming other people know more than you, you have the confidence in what you know to not be bowled over by some nonsense, but you have the humility to accept new information that can help you. That's, gonna, that's the part that I'm most fascinated that's, by. That's why I said maturity, right, being an adult, because that's something, like if you don't have some emotional maturity there, mm-hmm. you're not capable of that second thing, of yeah. being smart without assuming you know everything. Yeah. There's a huge difference there. Oh, I'm telling you, it, we're going to have a good day today. Like, I get, I get, I get crab, I get crab apple hockey dad. I get the the snarkness of amazing Daniel. I get two nice guys here, and I get arguably the greatest photog in the history of the state of Nebraska, who's not afraid to tell you that he's pretty good at his <laughs> job. <laughs> and his son's going to be a fantastic player, so I'm pretty happy about that because we need all the linemen we can get in the district. No, and I, let's, let's take a, a, a quick call right here. We don't normally take calls in the first segment, but I'm going to take get this one. Get him out of here. Exactly. Get him out of here. Well, just, with Lance, you're going to Just because I want to see if you two argue, but I don't think we will. What's Lance, good morning, man. How are you? Good morning. You think I won't argue or he won't argue? Well, I'm just hoping it doesn't Lance, come what we to got to argue about today? It's a the, Friday. Be the happy. fact that Michigan basketball is clearly on the bubble and they are underachieving. Man, they're on the wrong side of the bubble, Lance. Yeah, man. It's hey, but hold on a second. Is it is it college basketball underachieving? I mean, it's like yeah. I mean, for the product as it is, I would say so a little bit. Hey, but they're still like, aren't they tied for like second? Isn't it like a seven way tie for? Second or third in the Big Ten? I mean, I, I, I believe it's third, but asking me to go to that Rolodex this early in the morning when it wasn't on my radar. Yeah, right. I'll have to bring up those standings. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. What, what's on your yeah. mind? What's on your mind? No, it's just a lot of people. Hey, Ravi, you know, how do I want to say this? I can't wait. <laughs> it's, um, it's unfortunate. <laughs> You know, hey, so we're going to go back, and then we're going to come forward. Oh, boy. So what I was talking about, we had conversations, Ravi, about Mickey Joseph and being the next head coach, and, and, and you had your thoughts on, hey, they want somebody, you know, seasoned. You thought that needed a little bit more, and I felt, well, I think he's done enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and so then you got to experience that, like Mickey, professionally to where, you know, Rightfully so, which you know, which I believe. Hey, Ravi should have been the next guy, but then they went and said, "Ah, oh, we're gonna go get somebody with more experience." <laughs> and so I try to speak That's tough. from <laughs> real life experiences. <laughs> so, so when you hear me talk, I'm talking from life experience and what I see and what's going on, especially from the standpoint of a black coach, right? Yeah. And so, and what we go through, and. And so I'm, I'm not knocking you. I, I'm just I'm, I'm not getting down on you. I'm just telling you, hey, that's the perspective I'm trying to get people to understand. And then you got to go through it real time. No, yeah, you know what I mean, I mean you, that's because you were coming at me pretty hard, <laughs> knocking Mickey like, no, nah, Mickey, this is it. Should be this. Is, I think they're gonna go for this. I'm like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I feel you, Lance. I do, and you know, just maybe the, that's code for saying he feels like you should have a job. Just for the record, I've been I, I've been through that twice. Um, but the 
here's my point is is I if you if you hire somebody like Matt Rule, I, I think it's hard to make the argument and I know not everybody loves loved the Matt Rule hire in the moment. Um, right. But I think right, it's hard right, right. to make the argument against him. Like he to me he was one of the best guys available on the market. You landed him and that's you know, like I understand him being your, one of your first options. The guys that I think you should be mad at and that I'm mad at personally, because, listen, I know that we don't know each other super well, but one of the things mm-hmm. that I've harped on in both college football and college basketball is the fact that you're talking about a huge amount of your talent pool for coaches comes from players, right? And okay. you've got a huge amount of your players that are African-American, and that's not translating to the same ratios in your coaching staffs, especially in the head coaches. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously an issue. Right. Because right. the ratios you would think would be similar, right? And so the guys that I get mad at, close to it. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not even in the same yeah. neighborhood. We're like less than half of half, right? So I, I get <laughs> right, it. Right, right. So the guys that I get mad at and that, that really bother me are the Trent Dilfer hires of the world. Where that dude had way less experience than, you know, and obviously Mickey had other stuff happen. So that's, you know, it's a, let's try and remove that from the equation. But... Right, the right, Trent right. Dilfers of the world have way less experience than your Mickey Josephs and guys like that. And so for those guys to get a shot at a head coaching job before a guy with Mickey's resume does, I totally understand being mad about that. I, I really, mm-hmm. really do. But if, if Nebraska lands, you know, I, I think Luke Fickle was their second option, Matt Rule was their first option. If they land one of those right. guys that have the track record, it's really hard for me to be like, well, you know, like maybe we should have given Mickey a shot. If those two guys say no, you know, maybe we're having a different conversation here, but I, I totally right. understand where you're coming from as far as the larger picture of what the issue is. I just don't know that Nebraska and Mickey Joseph were the best example of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, it's not necessarily I wasn't speaking of the large scale because I was talking about in the moment, in the time, you know, hey, Matt Rule has gotten off to a great start. I think he's on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, at, at that time, though, at the time before we knew Matt was ahead of this, or maybe some of you guys did know, I still felt for what Mickey had done and what he did for the school um, um, that, you know, I felt they were on the same path together to where you know for sure, you know for sure what Mickey is about. You do. You're learning what Matt Rule is about. So and he, so far, it's so good. And so we'll, you know what I mean? And we'll again, see how we're in the goes, moment right now, sure, yeah. and we'll see how it goes. So let me, let me say one more thing about this, Lance. The other thing that I thought was a big issue here was mm-hmm. the state of where Nebraska was at at the moment. Because there's other yeah. points in time where I think taking a chance on a guy, and when you're, when you're going with a guy without a huge track record, you are taking a chance. Um, you're taking a chance mm-hmm. on anybody, but people feel better with a guy with a with a head coaching track record. Well, hold, hold on before you say that, man. Yeah. Because before you go further, Scott Frost didn't have a lot either. I, I agree. His sample size I was agree. very short and small. We got and so when we talk about a guy like Mickey, it's always, hey, you bet when it was his time or a black coach's time, hey, they better have all this. No, I understand. Them. I do. You know what I'm saying? That's, like we can't we can't keep saying that. That's a fair for critique. Everybody. That's a fair critique. It, it is. And I said at the time, I thought Frost was a good hire. I said at the time the resume's a little thinner than you'd like. At the time mm-hmm. I said that. But 
my point is it, there's, there's been other times in the recent Nebraska history where I think you could have taken a chance on a guy like Mickey Joseph, and they didn't. For Nebraska, where they're at right now, I understand wanting a little bit more history, a little bit more track record, because Nebraska's kind of at an inflection point right now where if they get this one wrong, whether it was Mickey Joseph or Matt Rule or whoever, they're in some trouble. Mm. Okay. Well, hey, man, we time will tell. Michigan, hey, Michigan Lance is too early in the morning to be saying now you know how it feels. I don't know if I like what that. What a civil conversation <laughs> we had. <laughs> hey, but, hey, but, nice. but it was hey. nice because I like two smart DB. people. Yeah. Right. DB, we feel it every day, man. It don't stop for us. Hey, be safe you know out there. Coming up, Mike J. Hey. Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. You two have a good one. Let's see what Creighton does. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. I suppose that's my cue. Lord knows I don't know. Uh, welcome back to Coffee and Cream in the morning, live from Hale Varsity Club. I'm carrying on like 19 conversations. Got a couple buddies uh, in the audience. I'm going back and forth with my guy. Jay Foreman, I'm trying to understand coaching protocol. Can we be on campus? Can we not be on campus? Which is why I need Mike Jay Schaefer, uh, who's joining us here shortly. Because even I feel like as a, it's different now for a high school coach mm-hmm. versus a parent that has a kid being recruited. Why all of a sudden don't I know the rules? Well, it probably gets a little convoluted when you're playing two different roles there, right? Yeah, I I feel like one thing I better do before somebody gets in trouble is figure out yeah. rules. And, and you also have to figure out, because we kind of saw this with the Rayolas over the weekend, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's a dead period. I'm just here to visit my uncle. So I, so, <laughs> so I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, it's. No, me and Uncle Donnie are real tight. So I am, <laughs> I am getting clarity on pre-existing relationships. Okay. So father son would would qualify ver, ver, versus family. Oh, so, okay. So like at, friends. Am I afforded the same luxury or not? Like so, I it's after March. So you're talking about people other than your kid. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, it's part of it, right? Yeah. Like, so let let's say is. Let's say I'm just at a practice. Okay. It's not a it's not a formal meeting. Sure. But I want my kiddo to watch practice with me. Or he just wants to ride down and see what the interstate is like. Just happens to be there, wants to hang out with his dad. Yeah. What if he he may be like so like you know Carter Nelson is down like watching mat drills, right? Yeah. So like what if we just want to see I don't know what the South Stadium restrooms look like. Well, I'm going to be honest, probably not great. 
if we're talking the about po- the point is i need to understand the finite has, rules has he never seen a, a urine trough before nah, i that, don't know is that not uh, no i don't know you is gotta, that not something this generation seen gotta ask no. him some, <laughs> where where things float his boat as we're waiting for mike j schaefer i actually like the conversation see I thought you were gonna say you actually left urine troughs, and I was like, "My guy, what are we?" No, 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 no. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on that. Remember, I'm still traumatized by no stall doors. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's like I'm, I'm, I'm watching kind of what's unfolding with the staff, and I'm, I just think like with, and by the way, Nebraska baseball will, I, I think they'll take the rubber in about three and a half hours. Is aren't they eleven o'clock? I'll say they're early today. Against yeah, against Vandy up at the Target Center. Uh, currently, our staff at the high school level is, is getting a tour of Minnesota's campus, so I'm pretty bummed about missing that, but I am excited to watch the Miller North Mustangs tonight at 745, so duty calls. State semis. As a, yeah, for daddy, Let's yeah. M- Miller North has Lincoln High. Uh, Are we on, we're on a Millard for Millard collision course, right? Yes, although Millard South can't afford to overlook Bellevue West. Well, sure, sure They sure. played in arguably the best girls' basketball game in the state mm-hmm. a couple months ago, where I believe it was, what was it, 90, 98, 94, something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> like they went, I mean, it's two explosive offenses that like tempo. So sure. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it should be fun. Your alma mater's got a chance. Yeah, they to, do to be represented. Better chance in in the girls versus the boys bracket for sure. Yeah, although you know the funny thing about the boys bracket at the high school level is that team is not very for what their record is. They're not very well respected. No, and so they're not. If so, if I'm Millard North, I would use the lack of respect card and know it's not manufactured. I mean, a lot of it's because of who they lost, right? Yeah, they, from yeah. last year to this right, year, right, right, right. So you just assume they're worse. And I think people sometimes look at their roster and they go, "Yeah, but yeah." And all they do is keep winning. They go, they win. They, I mean, they've played. Obviously, it ended badly, but they played Bellevue West as close as anybody for not, not name West side for yeah. three quarters, yeah. right? Um, and then the fourth quarter just got away from them. But that was what? That was tied going into the fourth quarter, yeah. right? Uh, so that was – I think they're better than people think. I also think that the boys is way less wide open than <laughs> – What it, did you ask me yesterday off here? Just Bellevue West and everybody else? Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like, right? I know they've had some close calls, but yeah. or close-ish calls. But, I mean, it, it seems inevitable. My significant margin, they have the most room for error. Yes, they do. They can play their B-minus game and still beat most people on most nights. Yeah. Uh, and that's not something you can say about very many teams at any level. Uh, it, it's, so I'm, I, so the, the girls will, will tip off. I'm excited about – so the two districts that – or the two classes that excited me the most were C2, which I won't ask you to, like, roll your sleeves up and get into C2. It's exciting. I appreciate that. And, and Class A, obviously, because I have a – Yeah, vested interest. Ve- ve- yeah. Vested Plus, it's competitive. Those, those are interesting. Very competitive. Those are interesting matchups for the Class A bracket. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. Coach Kelly, Dominique Kelly, former Huskers, got Lincoln High. Yeah, yeah. In a good spot. And it's not just a flash in the pan. I mean, she's she's becoming consistent. Remember, once is coincidence, yeah. twice is – or once is a fluke, two is a coincidence, three more is trending. She's starting to trend in the direction of getting Lincoln High. Uh, what do you what do you like in the class girls B? 
and B. Because I know Scott's playing real well. <sighs> like, if you ask me to choose today, I'm taking Scott. Okay. I just am. Been there, done that, yeah. battle tested. I think this whole recruiting thing is funny to me because, you know, I look at and I go more to the boys' side in terms of, like, uh, this big 2024 class. 2025 is going to be fantastic. I think there's something to to winning and being competitive mm-hmm. over just sheer talent. And I don't – shoot. I mean, most of it has to do with the fact that I think resolve matters. Yeah. Right? I mean, I keep using P. Allen's to net with you in terms of transitioning. Yeah, and you forget that I, I have a weird soft spot for P. Allen's to net. And I get it. But my analogy with that would be the, the uber-talented. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pr- probably more talented than – Let's say Trey, Exa- Trey Alexander, but Trey Alexander a much better basketball. I would say he's more – like I would have used like a Nate Funk. He was more talented than Nate Funk, but Nate well, Funk was a better basketball well, player. Well, I, I didn't want it to turn into like, well, of course he's more talented than Funk. No, but, but Funk was definitely a better basketball player. Yeah, no question. So like that's – I mean like – I remember I, getting kicked out of a card house party over <laughs> Nate Funk. <laughs> Why? Oh, my, my buddy's dad, Larry Cobbs. I mean, went to task over defending Nate Funk, and I was giving him some Carolina point guards at the time. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, com- listen, no, 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 no. <laughs> listen, you can't he compare him no, to like Ed Coda. Oh no, he wasn't about to lay down. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, we had some, we had some table banging. We had some cards being knocked off the table. Wait, so Funk would have been more like Ray Felton era. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't put Nate Funk against Ray Felton. So, but hey, so he was a numbers guy. And 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 valley numbers are different. And kept very good <laughs> statistics of assist to turnover ratio, productivity within the offense. Oh, it was very very. Yeah, what would heated. Raymond Felton's assist to turnover ratio be against Bradley? <laughs> well, I mean, I think um, it might be okay. Well, that was, that was kind of that was kind of my my point. But. And listen, I like I was I'm a Na- you know I'm a Nate Funk guy. Like I'm no, he was fa- he was I'm sensational for my guy, but. Like, you got to have some reason at some point. Yeah, he, he was sensational. So as I'm kind of looking at, uh, like, what it takes to win, I'm always – I'm going to take clutch and I'm going to take resolve. I think you have to start with resolve because resolve gets you in position to be clutch. But there are a lot of guys that look good running around, shooting a ball and or, you know, throwing a ball in seven-on-seven seven and I don't think can play dead when you turn up the heat. Well, there's this theory that – Winning is a is a learned behavior, right? It's not just something that happens. It's something you have to learn how to do. And it's easier if you get guys in that, yes, you need them to be a certain level of talented for sure. You can't just take – Like just the minimum baseline. Yes. Like I'm not betting on Stetson Bennett to make it in the NFL because he was a winner at Georgia. Like there's not a base level of talent there to be an NFL oh, quarterback. I, that's actually, I think, not a very good example because I would disagree, but I get the point. You get what I'm saying. I, I'm not a – Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. Let's say Ken Dorsey. Great, great okay. example. Great example. Incredible winner. Yeah. Not a super talented guy. Yeah. Wasn't going to make it in the NFL because of that. Right? One, one time Severe looked at me and he goes, you know he's not very good, right? Right. Because <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, he's a winner. He's like, you ever watch the throws? That he, so then he and I got into it. But, of course, but Severe was, ended up being right. But he was, he was a winner. But wasn't talented enough for that to translate to the NFL. So you have that same dynamic going from high school to college. You want winners, but you still have to have that base level of talent for it to for the for that winning gene to matter at all. Yeah. 
by the just, way, we'll we, have Schaefer we, in the next segment. We just blew through a whole segment without Mike J. Schaefer's scheduled segment. <laughs> but he's so versatile. He's coming up. He was all he's priming for Husker baseball. That's what he's doing. He's, he's making ready. He's making bloody Marys waiting for <laughs> I'm more breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Coming up, Mike J. Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Covering Nebraska football and recruiting for 24-7 sports. Here is Mike J. Schaefer. Yeah, that's a grown-ass man right there. Mike Schaefer. I don't know. There could be bacon involved. Mike Schaefer. Appreciate it, guys. Thank Brian Edwards for me. Here is Mike Schaefer. Mike J. Schaefer. Appreciate the flexibility, Mike. How are things this morning? Good morning. I am good. Uh, So... My computer broke. Oh boy, it's one of those mornings with Schaefer. Uh, this, this might, this might be a, this might be a crapshoot. He can always just go to the phone. He I was say that phone. was the phone, right? He wasn't in the stream yard. That was on the phone. Do I strike? Is that the person that's paying attention? Not most of the time, no. <laughs> phone stream, phone stream. All I know for sure is, can we hear him? Or can we not? Shane, let me know if uh, we get him back. So maybe he is actually priming for Nebraska baseball today against Fandy. Yeah, you know, maybe that uh, maybe his phone died on him too. Computer died, phone died. So that's one of those things that that's – pardon? I think we got him back. We got him back? Yeah, we can try it again. Hey, it's weird how when you talk to me through the headset <laughs> – like, I can actually hear you versus yelling when I have these on. It's weird how that works. It is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. As we welcome in Mike J. Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. Mike J., how are you, buddy? I'm good. So far, my computer has crashed, and the call has dropped. So, <laughs> Just one of those days. We're off to a great start, man. Hey, big big deal, no deal. We like We like news in March, man. How about... Carter Nelson taking in a practice, or excuse me, Matt Drills, the f- the, f- the famous two-gap term now of 2023, <laughs> Matt Drills. How about, how about folks just kind of moseying in on campus once March starts? When, you want to set the record straight for what we can and can't do in terms of March live, not live, kind of how that works? Like for Nebraska? Yeah, like What's just they- having guys on campus. Well, yeah, I mean – so essentially, unofficial visits now have started. Uh, so basically, kids can just sort of show up when it works for their schedule. Uh, you can actually visit with the coaches on campus. It's pretty much everything Dylan Rayola did, except it's now available to everyone who doesn't have an uncle on staff. <laughs> so what Damon's really asking... I don't asking... know if you're going to get Trev Albert's seats, but... So what Damon's really asking is, can him and maybe a family member go? Oh yeah, yeah. I just was. Really I just asking. was. Well, yeah, so because Damon needs permission to do something <laughs> down in Lincoln. Well, not so much that as much as I don't want to get in trouble. So, like for example, let's say that there's a state basketball game tonight, and I'm going to take the family down, and I don't want to wait at PBA. Could I just hang out at the stadium? That's all. I mean, for example, hypothetically. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's a problem. It's now March, so 
I mean, I'd have to really consult the rule book as to why it wouldn't work for you. But hey, Mike, Mike J. But on a more serious, well, that was kind of serious. But on a more serious <laughs> note, something, nothing. Like we're always looking for something to be excited about in March. I mean, that's got to be a good sign that that Nelson's taken in a uh, an early morning workout. Yeah, I I think that um, he is. I mean, he gets offers just by going to bed at night, so that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just think his interest in Nebraska is really strong. I think the staff has done a nice job recruiting him. Obviously, all these other offers have come in, but I think Nebraska's in a pretty good position uh, because of the early work that they've done and the fact they've been pretty, you know, attentive to him since the beginning. Shafe, uh, we'd probably have people riot if we didn't ask at least one Dylan Rayola question of our recruiting (laughs) guy here. So my question is, what's your, what's your timeline in your head? I know you put in the crystal ball for him. You're one of the earlier ones. Do you have a timeline in your mind where you think, yeah, it's probably by X date that we're looking at a commitment one way or another? I wouldn't be surprised if this is done by the end of the month or the first couple weeks of April. Like, I, I guess – so shortly after his visit, his official visit. Yeah, and I, again, if it's going to be Nebraska, it wouldn't surprise me if it all happens before the spring game and probably a little bit before it. So it, it all sets up really well if you're going to use him as something you recruit off of. So obviously they have to go finish the job. They have to go get the commitment and everything else. But it, it certainly seems like it's setting up well time-wise for Nebraska. Hey, so Mike, Jay, if you're looking at uh, – so we get the kind of the buzz, and Nebraska's maximized the opportunity, right? Basically went from 0 to 100 with his recruiting in a, in a short amount of time. Can Nebraska fans rest in the fact that whether he says yes or not, they have given it everything they had? Will that be okay? I would hope so. I mean, I, they certainly recruited him hard in a short amount of time, and they've made up a lot of ground. Uh, and then took the lead. So now I guess the the question is, how do you make sure you finish this off? And I don't know if that's an NIL thing. I don't know if that's just a Dylan has to get there mentally that Nebraska is the place he wants to be, even though it's not the same level of program as the other ones that he's looking at. So that's maybe on him. Uh, but I, I don't think that you could be upset with the staff given where they are right now versus where they were on December 1st. Let me so let me ask you something, and I'm and I'm being completely serious about this. So on March third, do you feel better or worse than you did on let's say February fourteenth? About everything? Right. No, Rayola. Life. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I definitely do. I mean, I I put that prediction in on. Uh, February 13th, I mm-hmm. think, or February. Yeah, so I, I definitely, I do feel better. I mean, that visit certainly helps. The the comments help. The conversations I've had, you know, behind the scenes with different people have helped. I, I just feel like it's heading towards this Nebraska commitment. And I, I feel stronger about that now than I did a month ago. Shafe, let me, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sicko here, so let's play worst case scenario. Let's say Dylan ends up going anywhere else besides Nebraska. Is it worse from, and not necessarily how they view the staff, but just the disappointment of Nebraska fans, is it worse that they got a second chance at him 
and he still goes elsewhere than it would have been if he just stayed committed the entire time to Ohio State? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe. But here's the thing. Literally everyone would be sitting there crossing their fingers that hoping he ends up in the transfer portal. Yeah, which sure. Which would be, what, time number three? So I, I think you chase the best every chance you get. Sure. And if you come up short, at least you aimed for the best that you could. Uh, we both love baseball. They've got a big one coming up here in Minneapolis. Do you have an expectation level for Vandy in Nebraska that you think fits week three of the college baseball season? It's early. Yeah, let's get weird. <laughs> I mean, why not? We've seen Nebraska win big games in March before. They swept, uh, was it UCLA that one year? Yeah. Uh, like they, I mean, that was at home, but it's, it, there's nothing about this team that says they can't beat a Vanderbilt or an old or an old Miss. You know who else they're they're playing in that tournament, but it's going to be tough. But if the bats are swinging, and that has not been the issue, they can at least you know try to put up some runs. Now Vanderbilt's pitching versus everyone else in the country sure. usually a different story. But who knows? I mean, it's this is it's better to play them now than it is June. Shafe, what would something – I mean, obviously it's March baseball, so it doesn't mean a ton here. But what, what would knocking off a Vanderbilt or an Ole Miss mean just for the direction of this season for Nebraska? Is that something they can build off of, or is it just kind of a nice feather in your cap moving forward? I think it's a nice feather in the cap. I think it would tell you the potential that this team could play with, with anybody. But in baseball, it's always one game. Right. I mean, as, as Damon well knows, the Dodgers got swept by the Pirates last year. <laughs> and if we look at the Pirates' record, oh, Lord. it would have probably taken them two seasons and another half of us to have, you know, won enough games to qualify for the playoffs. Shafe, let me get you out of here on this in just a couple of minutes. You want me to leave? No, no. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Off unhinged shape is like way it's, better it's than shape. measured shape. Uh, it's, it's partly the echo. I'm just going to be as weird as possible if I have to hear myself like this. Hey, so uh, when you're looking at maybe the, the build up to the March 25th weekend, how Nebraska's getting guys in, just stopping by in air quotes. Do you have something off the radar that you think that we need to keep our eye on that could be interesting? an interesting development with recruitment? We spend a lot of time talking about Dylan Rayola, um, but Williams Nwari, I, I don't know how to Nwari. I think it's Nwari. Nwari, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the number three player in the country for 24-7 sports, right down the road at uh, Lee Summit North. That's something really interesting that we haven't talked a lot about. If, if Nebraska is somehow able to not only pull in Dylan Rayola, but they go back into Kansas City, and they get one of the best players in the country, and they reestablish themselves in an area where I feel like they need to get at least a kid or two every year. That seems like a big story. Mm. But everything in this class is overshadowed by Dylan Rayola. I mean that from an excitement standpoint, from the fan base, from a coverage standpoint. He is so big that it's just sort of cast a shadow 
on everything else in recruiting. Mike J, you stay unhinged as much as you can, buddy. I, we, we can be like my buddy, man. Well done. Appreciate you making the time, even though nothing really went right this morning. Yeah, that was fun. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the day goes. <laughs> Give Shelby a hug, and hopefully if you guys make something good this weekend, I'll be in Lincoln a ton, and maybe I can swing by and get a bite. All right, that sounds good. Thanks, buddy. It's Mike J. Schaefer back with Mike Sauter next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mike Sauter. I, I would agree, David. Mike Sauter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Sauter. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. Mike, Mike Sauter. It is Mike Jerome Sauter. That may or may not be his middle name, but we welcome him, and he's the high school guru. He's now Herdot's finest, NEB Preps. Mike, good morning. Is that like a microphone rubbing against your chest hairs, or what are we hearing with the static? I have, I have chest hair. Uh, okay. It's probably okay. this. Okay. okay. Congratulations on that. Hey, so what time did you get? <laughs> what What time did you get there this morning? About seven forty. Yeah. Why did they let you in so early? Because the doors open. I don't know. <laughs> There's the doors open at like doors are open. Right do, well, doors for uh, look who I, look who's sitting next to me. By the way, oh, my, I just talked about him yesterday. He, uh, I, can't, he I can't hear him. He has a bone to pick with you. Why? So I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let him talk for a minute. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Being ambushed on our own show. What's up, D? A, I don't have a bone to pick with you. I just told Mike how I sent you the bad parking photo. Oh yeah. So listen. So I went with in C two. I went with OC, even though the affiliation with Malcolm now, but I said I'm a little biased because I got a guy <laughs> that was on the grassroots of building this run that, that Oakland Craig is on. And so, Dallas, I, I just – it's a tough draw in C2 with the girls, but I, they're, they're one step there. And I actually – I got laughed at because I called Pender a dark horse even though they're the two seed because I thought people thought it was a three-horse race. I thought they thought either Ponca, OC, or, of course, Old Reliable sitting there uh, in Crofton. So I just was like, uh, I'm going with OC. I don't feel great, but I'm taking them. Hey, I'll tell you what. They, you know, they beat Ponca yesterday, and I, I'm not surprised that OC won. I, I figured that could happen, you know. I think that C2 state tournament, you throw Ponca in with those final four teams, you could play that thing five times and have five different champs. Mm, it's going to be competitive. Good to talk to you, D, man. Always good. To good. Talk to you. Keep getting get those bad parking tonight. spots. Yes, sir. Hey, you just get that north lot over here. You'll be fine. There's plenty of stuff. <laughs> as live radio is actually happening before our very ears as Mike hey. Sauter joins us. So are you are you surprised by chalk, no chalk? Like what's it? what's it been like? Uh, for you, like at the at the grassroots level, uh, I 
I'm not real surprised. I'm intrigued by this 9 a.m. game with North Bend and uh, Malcolm because you have – No wonder Dallas is there so early. Yeah, that's what – well, he also is like the team manager person. And I'm not – and he's, you know, the person is like, hey, you got to go through this tunnel and this way and all that. And uh, yesterday when both teams went the one way to their locker room instead you're supposed to split, I, I, yelled, I was like, hey, man, can you do your job? And he was like, I told them they're not listening. <laughs> so, All right. No, um, <laughs> I, but this North Bend's going for four, right? Um, really hard to do pressure. Uh, they have playing down a starter. Um, and you have um, Caitlin Emanuel, who is one of the best athletes in the, in the state. I, I don't doubt, think that's a question. Um, you know, volleyball star. Uh, this would be her fourth state title if she can uh, pull it off. Um, and she's a starter on all four teams. And uh, then you have kind of the next coming of her, who might just be a little bit more um, maybe athletic down the road when it comes in um, Haley Dolliver. So uh, she's just a freshman and led Malcolm to the volleyball state tournament. Obviously, is Malcolm's best player here uh, in basketball. So it's kind of – and they're built kind of the same, real springy kind of athletes. So Shout out John um, Dolliver. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I want to give John too much credit. I, I think we – I think we were, Amber probably deserves more credit than John on that. Wow, tough crowd. Sauter, I want to shout out Ryan Twilliger. <laughs> <laughs> go Malcolm. Yeah. I want to go over to Class B girls. They played yesterday. Mm-hmm. Got their uh, semis set. You got Scut who looked dominant. Then you got Elcor North with Britt Prince. Is it kind of between those two in your mind? Is there is Scut got a an upper hand there, or do you have somebody else in Class B that you think can uh, can take it home? There's nobody else. There's <laughs> no, there's, I was trying like, to be, uh, you know, gracious. No, I mean, I, honestly, like, it's been those two all year. Yeah. Um, it'll be those two in the final. Um, it'll be kind of, uh, you know, I mean, Elkhorn North, that's their one loss. Uh, lost to Scott at the, the first game of the year. I was at that game. Um Scott's pressure just is really different. Now, I'm intrigued by Sydney. Watching them last night, they had the, the last game last night and beat Beatrice. And, the length? Um, they, 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 well, they play really, really fast. Um, so, and Scott likes to get going, too. So it could be like a pinball going back and forth, which would be fun. Um, I just don't know if Sydney can score quite enough to get that done. That would be a heck of a story. First time Sydney won a state tournament game was last night, or first time since 1984. Um, wow. In their la- they hadn't won a game in their last twelve tries at at state. So, but it, it's it's Elkhorn North and Scott, and it was that way before the season started, and it's that way now. And frankly, um, they should have just done best two out of three for those, with those two teams and called it a day. So, is it too soon to talk about Britt Prince's historical prowess? Ooh. Uh no, um, I. I think that, and I've said this, I guess, when she was a freshman, too, is she's a phenom. Like, she just is. Um, Probably one of the best athletes all around that we maybe have, we've had in a long time. I I don't know, I'm not going to go ever, because that's, you know, disservice to 
long time ago, but um, she's for sure one of the best all-round athletes. I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but she was a heck of a swimmer when she was little, and like that could have been her sport. Um, but obviously, you know, she chose basketball. But she clearly is a, a good uh, track athlete, cross-country runner, all that. Um, I'm pretty sure she'd be pretty good at volleyball, pretty good at soccer, right? pretty good at just about anything. What has changed it for me, um, what has changed it for me is the fact that she um, is very much so um, elevated her own game, like her ability to pass and jump stops and um, kind of see the floor a little bit different. She was dropping like full, almost full court passes the, uh, yesterday. So, or was that yesterday? Yeah. Um, so that to me was kind of uh, pretty neat to see her game just evolve from just, I'm the best athlete. I'm going to just run faster and jump higher. Right. So she's in like the Darcy Strachey, uh, you know, dare I say Ivy in terms of like dominance within her class is that an over is am i overstating that i mean martise was pretty good no she's the she's the best i've ever seen and i don't yeah but the game is so much different right like what would she have done with the three point like there's lots of things that i could get into that i don't want to try to trans you know generation i don't want to cross generations like that but for the accomplishments at that level, she's in elite, elite company. And, yeah, people, and I, people forget about, you know, Chambers' finest like Strackey. Like, there's been some good mm-hmm. ones now. Yeah, I mean, even recently, Jess Shepard's pretty good. She's phenomenal. Just had the injury, right? Yeah. So, like, top, I, one, as, a, top, as, a ba- as a basketball player. Tops in the country, right? They share right. that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, I don't know. It, it, it'll be... You want my, my opinion? I I think um, I think that game will be probably in the like seventies um, tomorrow. I'm just chalking that they're gonna win today. <laughs> um, so, and if they don't come at me, that's fine. Um, and then I I just I I think that game will be a high scoring game, and I think she probably makes a play down the stretch to get it done. Honestly, like I. I love Scott's team. I think they're pretty good. Um, they're deep. They have a ton of depth. They can just run about eight at you and not a lot changes. Um, but I, I, I just, we have the best player in a big moment. It normally matters a little bit more. Hey, so let me ask you, let's get to A. Ravi and I were going back and forth. This is, we were talking Bellevue West, Miller South the first time around. You saw that bad boy live in the most historic fourth quarter in the last 20 years in Class A. Girls that was the second time. Collision. He asked me, he said, what is, well, I asked if Miller North and Miller South were on, on a collision, collision course. For the course. Final. And what do Lincoln High and Bellevue West need to do that they're very capable of doing to make that not a thing? Ooh. Um, well, Lincoln High plays, uh, it'll depend on the whistle and how that looks. Because mm-hmm. Coach Kelly's are, got them rolling. They play hard, boy. Oh, man, they play hard. Like, and physical and like which I, I would uh, say is Millard North's Achilles. I think I can say that having watched them all year, they don't they need to do a 
better job of taking care of the ball when it gets dicey in the backcourt? I will say this. Uh, Kiana Wiley, you don't want to mess with that. Like, she will run you over. Yeah. Um, so She hurt her that, ankle the first time in the jamboree against right. uh, Millard North. It kind of limited her. And Brill coming back uh, certainly helps. Now, Millard North has some length with Avril, and Kayla's really athletic, so you can kind of they uh, match shoot up a it. little bit. Yeah, you match up a little bit there, but – I, I wouldn't go with collision course for that. I, I think I do think Millard South is playing uh, the other. I mean Wednesday they were like they couldn't miss. They couldn't. I I don't know how many turnovers they had, but it wasn't a lot. They just pretty much dominated outside of like about five minutes in the third quarter. I, I thought it was weird. Um, the, the minute I walked in, I heard three basketball guys tell me. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just because they know I know Coach Williams really, really well, Amy. That Kennedy was the best player on the floor. Respect, disrespect to what Miller South was doing and that brilliant start they got off to. I I think uh, I think a little bit of disrespect. Kennedy was great in the third, fourth quarter. It took her a while to get going. She also got two quick fouls in like she's the first about seventy five percent, right? Yeah, she's not fully healthy. I I think we all. Uh, can agree on that, but I I will say this: I think that I think Chloe Lemon is of the three amigas. Uh, she's the one that probably doesn't get the most respect, if you will. And and um, maybe this and, is tough. She may be the most competitive. She does not mess around. She also is maybe the most complete of the three. Oh, um, in terms of getting downhill and can still shoot it. Yeah, shoot it from three, get downhill. Cora's like your banger, and she'll take charges, and she'll, you know, uh, take get block blocking calls, and maybe throw an elbow here or there. Um, but she also is very. Uh, I I think the other night her ability to get down the downhill and into the lane certainly changed things. She had thirty one. Maya Babbitt though can. Uh, she can shoot it from the logo, and you feel comfortable yeah, um, my, my, with, her, with her being able to make that shot. There's, my, there's no question. My, my memories of Maya Babbitt are from about three weeks ago where I watched her <laughs> score 21 points in about in six minutes. And when he says from the logo, the one that she pulled up on in transition against Millard North, I almost left the gym. It was <laughs> unbelievable how icy she is. She doesn't give a what. Like, they totally no. have their coach's personality. Yeah, and, I mean, I will tell you, that I feel like he, they're coming for it this year. Dude, he's sure. a little surly, uh, even more than normal. He's heard the talk, correct. right? The one seed, yeah, the not getting yeah. it done, this senior group. He, he's, he's heard it. Yeah, they're not. I think I feel um, – I do – I'd feel good about Millard South this year. I, I really do. Um I think that I think they they probably win tonight. Uh, Bellevue West just isn't playing great, even though I really lo I love. Um, That's finally Monica a team that can match up in the backcourt, though, if they play hard. Right, and but they only play both teams only play six. So again, how's it going to be called? Um, and Bellevue West came a limping a little bit into this um, tournament, but hey. Uh, it's one and one. It's the rubber match. 
Um, Millard South won the 65-point fourth quarter game, and Bellevue West won the Metro title. So um, we'll, we'll see, see what happens. But I will tell you, it, talking to the Millard South girls after the game, they were, they were, they're very locked in, very locked in. Sauter, I want to jump over to the boys who start yeah. next week. Um, Class A, is there anything anyone can do to stop Bellevue West from, from winning another state title? <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, no. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's kind of the, kind of the answer I expected. You, you want, you're like. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. No, no, I, listen, I, I'm a realist. I'm not, I'm not like yeah. Team Homer. So I, the, the it way would take, it would take. It would take now. Okay, Bellevue West West Side played. It was overtime, closest game Bellevue West has had all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and props to West Side. West Side's playing a lot better, and it's changing the lineup. Well, K- KB Kevin got hurt, missed a couple games, so they had to go kind of small-ish. Um, what four three guard lineup? Well, if you count Tate, I guess it's four. Well, Kevin Stubbleville can kind of shoot a little bit too, so maybe he's more of a wing than a forward. Um, but I, I, I think that certainly helped um, playing faster and, and just moving the ball a little bit more. Um, but well, I, It just neutralizes oof. being able to play a rope and Dawson Garcia. Right, right. Uh, I, I just – Josiah Dothar's the best player in the state. We, we've said that all year. Correct. Um, that is correct. I, nothing's really changed. <laughs> nothing's changed there. Um, it, it's it, – it, it's the other guys, though, like, you know, Jaden Jackson, Eldon Turner. Um, Stuvie. What do they get from Stuvie, who was phenomenal? Um, He's the best play- Westside, he, he was the best player on the floor against Westside a week ago. I thought two weeks right. ago. Right. So it's I, – I will say this. North Star, like, Lazaric Houston's a nice little guard. They thank you, thank you for pronouncing his there. name correctly. It is Lazaric. Lazaric. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, if I heard Lazaric one more time, I was going to pull my hair out. Someone says Lazaric. Who says that? Anyway, let's move on. People, <laughs> let's move on. People that don't pay attention. Um, let's move on. Uh, Elkhorn South, Miller North. Can Elkhorn South and Jackson Muller Swan uh, have as good of a night or day as he did in the uh, district final? He was really good in that game. Um, I just don't know if they have enough firepower scoring power to, to get that done. Is, um, is Millard North the most and, disrespected? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Are they the most disrespected good team out there that has won multiple championships the last two years? Because everybody gives me the yeah, but. Because I just well, think they're waiting for the other shoe to drop with these guys, and they just keep winning. Well, they are. I think part of it is because they were just so, like, for the last three or four years, it was they had, like, one star. They don't have that this year. They don't have the like one star. You know what I mean? Like that it was Jason Green. Before that it was either Hunter or Saint for four years. They don't have like is Eli that guy? Is Derek Rollins that guy? Um Neil Mosser that guy? Like there isn't like a oh my gosh. It's a where you know, you have a couple guys that all can kind of give you something every every night. It's it's uh it's a lot lot different way of looking at it. but Eli's probably the linchpin right I guess mm. um, but Derek is pretty good if, let me tell you if Derek Rollins can grow like about three inches in two years uh, he'll be 
easily a mid-major prospect. I like Moni. I think he kind of studies the ship, plays hard, or, does a lot of dirty work. Or again, there isn't like a you can't just be like here's one guy. And and how about that? Okay, here's something too. How about that? The, the Ed's, coach Etz Etz Miller, the pressure that he probably had coming into the year, um, compared to. And and making it to the state tournament and all that, being the for taking over for Coach Cannon after winning it, and you know what's it going to be like? Well, not much has changed. Nothing's changed, frankly. Um, so props props to him. And you know, I, <clears throat> real quick, I know we probably got to go, but I we got about four and a half story. minutes. I love the story of JJ Zimbrennan. Um, great kid. I call him kid because I that's Andrew Rogers' come, favorite coach right now. I covered him in high school at Elkhorn South. He goes goes to Wayne State. Goes to Wayne State. Was you know basically walk on at Wayne. Plays plays a lot. Helps him win a lot of games. Comes back to Elkhorn South. Uh, is an assistant coach. Bides his time. Gets the job. And oh by the way, first year, boom, he's at the state tournament. That's a pretty cool story. Hey, let me uh. Real quick, with, with what's going on with recruiting and football offers, I was joking with Robbie, guys go to bed, they wake up with more offers. When you're, when you're looking at yeah. um, 2024, 2025, when will it not be fair to, to feel a certain way about what in-state guys stay and what in-state guys don't stay when you're looking at the effectiveness of Nebraska's football staff? Mm. Well, I think I, – I mean, ooh, that's a great question. I think right now um, – let's – we had this conversation, what, two weeks ago about um, who – how many of the seven or whatever – how many does Nebraska need to get yeah. in the 2023 To make class, you feel good about the gets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make you feel good about it. I think – what did I say? Three and a half was the number? Three and a half was the number. Yeah, I mean, I still – I think that's probably – and there's what – how many guys with power conference offers right now? Seven? Yeah. Or – yeah. So – You have five with – du- you, fi- you have five with double digits. Yeah, it's probably still three and a half. Is that I, is that the know, new norm? Is like, that going to is that gonna be the new norm the next couple of years? Uh, maybe. I Maybe. I will say this, though um, – when you have an adult in the room running the program, everybody now, keeps. Robbie just um, said that, that again this morning. That changes a <laughs> he's, lot. He's a stud. <laughs> it cha- uh, it changes sh- a lot. It does. I show you this text this morning. I mean, he's not playing around. There's he's, no. He's just not. I, so like, you yes, you can't have half of a person, but I think people know what we mean by three and a yeah. half, right? Like it's, you know, it's if you get four, wow, that's really good. If you get three, you still probably feel okay. If it's less than that, then you're like, oh, hold on. <laughs> so, so my, my buddy uh, – go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just say, what's worse for Nebraska perception-wise? Is it if a guy with tons of Power 5 offers decides to go elsewhere, or is it a guy that is maybe on that fringe group of five Power 5 that ends up blowing up somewhere and Nebraska didn't go after him that hard? <laughs> I think the fringe guy. Well, is there going to be that guy anymore with this staff? I don't they're just going to give them so. the benefit of the doubt, um, no matter what. I don't know if they'll consider a guy fringe. That's a great question. 
Because well, I think that bothers fans yeah. more is the fringe guy. I agree with Sauter. Do you think this staff okay, will here. allow there to be a fringe guy? Here's a fringe guy for you. And it's not Anthony, but it's Teddy Rezac. Oh, great call. But they he's know spectacular. It. He's a fringe guy right now. Like Air Force, South Dakota State. Yeah, North Dakota State. He's, yeah, but nothing like. Not that next you know, step. Yeah. Yet. Okay. Not yet. I, I could yet. vibe with that. So if he goes, let's say if, if Teddy goes to North Dakota State, wins the I actually think Teddy's going to end up with an offer. He's in, I, he's in Iowa State this weekend. I actually think Nebraska's yeah. going to offer. But even Iowa State, a lot of Nebraska fans don't consider Iowa State kind of in the same category. They've won more games in Nebraska the last I understand five that, that, but you know be, what I'm that, talking that about. That would be crazy. But you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. 20. Is it worse? It's worse if Teddy Rezac goes and wins a national title at NDSU and doesn't get an offer than if, say, Caleb Benning goes somewhere else. Yeah. Will yeah, be the fr- I, I think so. I we think may, so. We, we may have to stay fair. with that here. Hey, Mike, I will see you shortly. Keep your head above water, and I you still owe me twelve bucks for babysitting your girls. <laughs> twelve bucks. An you hour. Didn't do anything. An hour. What are you talking about? I had to supervise <laughs> and find a parent to yeah. take your daughter to go to the bathroom. No, your daughter do- Maya took her to the bathroom. That's my daughter. Oh, right, right. Are we not a parent? You're a cold shot. We're not even friends. I'm not talking to you at all. Goodbye. That's I Mike's. Was, I was just trying to. Pre- I was just trying to protect my neck then that <laughs> night. Yeah, glad you're still married. That's Mike Sauter. Back right, after Mike. this. You're back. Welcome back. Coffee and cream in the morning. And you also got Jay Foreman here. My day. We Ooh. just. We just had our day made as Robbie Lula is in studio at the H&H uh, Chevrolet studio. We got friends and my very good friend. I'm shocked, but I love it. Jay Foreman joining us right now before Dr. Ilza. How about this Friday for old DB, man? man Jay, we're, good we're morning, man. How are you? Good morning and uh, salutations, my brother. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> How you been, man? I've missed you. Yeah, I've been good, man. It's uh, you know, it is. It's uh, enjoying a little break. You know, all my kids that I coached basketball in high school, so I'm able to go around and uh, enjoy uh, coaching from the stands or watching the kids. Hopefully, progress. I, I saw you got to eat with pops and and kind of chop it up, man. How was that like? You getting a break to kind of get around and just be yourself? Yeah, man. It's uh, you know, look, man. The way the world has been, you got to really appreciate it, you know. And uh, I haven't seen him in a while, so it's good, uh, you know, to break bread with him. And uh, you know, he, you know, he always, every, he always is bragging about his hurricanes because our Nebraska Huskers are so bad. So I got to listen to that for about four or five hours straight. <laughs> well, they haven't had much to write home about either. I know, but but them any glimpse of of success that's better than Nebraska, I got to hear about it. And, uh, <laughs> You know, he he he, he say, you no, know, you know, his big thing now is Mario Cristobal is a better alumni coach than uh, Scott Frost. So I've been uh, hearing about that, you know, for quite some time. I oh. mean, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> wow. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, you're – unfortunate, unfortunately, you're 100% right. Um, but, you know, the funny thing about it is, is my dad now, he has more time, time on his hands. 
he's really into following recruiting. And, uh, and so he's, you know, he's big into, you know, see what Nebraska's going to do. He's a Nebraska fan uh, as well, but, he, you know, he loves to bust my chops. Well, if he's a recruiting fan, then that's probably why he likes Cristobal so much because that's about all he's getting done right now, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know what? They made some big hires. They got, uh, I just saw they hired Jason Taylor as their DN kind of outside rusher coach. So, he, you know, he's not staying pat. And, um, oh, so he got he rid of Gaddis after one year, done. right? Yeah, I, hey, hey, look, if you don't get the job done, you know, between Mario Cristobal telling the recruits' parents, you know, you know, they're they're there for you to pick them up if you're worried about their playing time. <laughs> you know, he's really trying to change that culture down there, and uh, sometimes you got to do it with a, a little bit of uh, blunt force and uh, rekindle that Miami fire down there. Hey Jay, let me let me get right to it. I'm sure we don't have you very long because I think you're in between flights. Uh, so Ravi said this a couple of times. The fan base has said it since he's been. Since Matt Rule and company have been here, you are you cool? Do you embrace? Do you accept the the term the adult in the room? That seems to be what people say now when they talk about the overseeing of this program. Yeah, it's it, it's sad to say that, but yeah, I understand what they mean by it. Um, obviously, Damon, we have intimate knowledge of the difference and. Really, all Matt Rule is doing is doing the ABCs of, of coaching a big-time program, right? Um, you know, being out there, you know, trying to hold people accountable, trying to, you know, build relationships and, and uh, you know, right the ship. And, you know, to be honest with you, you know, everybody, you know, is put off by, like, the price tag. Is it going to be worth it? Because, you know, dollar for dollar, he's, his base salary is right there with Nick Saban. But ultimately, uh, you can't fault Matt Rules for being uh, at the right place at the right time, and sometimes you got to pay double for somebody to do the basics, and that's where we're at. I think Matt will be successful uh, just by the sense of just showing up and, and, and kind of playing the part. Now, I, I mean, he's a good coach, don't get me wrong, but I think that you know he'll do some things that generally you need to do just to just just to be six, you know six and six, and then you know recruiting development and. Um, how he handles everything else is going to be, you know, the threshold between that six to, you know, 10 to 12, you know, when Mark, um, you know, to get to. So, you know, it, it is what it is, man. And, it's, you know, we said this statement when you were back at the, the other state. What did we always say? Scott Frost will only be successful if he gets out of his own way. Yeah. Jay, we said it. It's the hard, it's the, sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. No question. Jay, you hinted at some intimate knowledge. I'm not going to ask you to share anything, but – do you think sometimes people use the coded language of Matt Rules, the adult in the room, to hint around some of those issues with Scott Frost without <laughs> putting him on blast? Because that's what I'm doing, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know what? Look, man, the rumors and stuff, you know, they're not I, – I know they're not all true, but ultimately what it comes down to is – and I'm going to say this, and, and, and I'm not going to – you know, bad for Scott or anything like that because I felt like he had a tremendous opportunity. I'm more disappointed that, you know, me and Scott, I would never fashion us as best friends, but we were teammates, so I want him to be successful, mm -hmm. as I'm sure Damon did. Yeah. But he squandered a huge, to be honest with you, that me and Damon, even if we were in the coaching business for 20 years, we most likely wouldn't have got the opportunity in that short of time. I feel like there's some other things that worked against Scott that he couldn't control, COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Um came in with the long, um, uh, you know, landing strip and authority to kind of, you know, you know, blitz the roster and go extremely young. Then COVID hit. 
And then when COVID hit, you had more people to kind of look at the chinks in your armor from your day-to-day operations and basis. And then sometimes you can get caught up in a tidal wave of that's the way you live. And then boom, you come out of COVID. You're expecting to make some improvement with other teams as other teams have. And then what you do, you, you know, personality wise, fight or flight, you start to get that ego going. And then you start to double down on, on your process that hadn't worked. So, um, you know, look, people in Nebraska will have rumors about a lot of people and, and, and not all of them are true, but uh, ultimately I'd like to think at some point in time, you know, Scott would, Scott would probably say, hey, look, I could have done this better, didn't this better. And, having to, and, and if he goes and becomes a head coach somewhere else, he's going to have to face those, uh, you know, those, those accusations or actions because look at Lane Kiffin. He had to do that as well. Uh, and so – it's successful for him right now, so um, you know it's just extremely disappointing. But it, you can't you can't change history, you know. And there's a lot of factors that also, um, you know, Scott would say, which I believe probably didn't help him be successful, which were out of his control. But a lot of it was you know 80 percent him and, and kind of you know what he did and, and didn't do and and um, but you know at the end of the day we gotta we gotta try to do what's best and uh, move forward in the right direction and try to support Matt Rule um, in the way that you need to to be successful. Yeah, just under about three minutes here, Jay. We appreciate your time. Let me get you out of this. When you look at the support staff that he's put together, right, the non-essential staff that's going to be essential, his coaching right. staff, do you feel like this is the best combination that Nebraska's had in terms of administrative leadership and head coach compatibility right. since when? Well, I mean, you probably just on the surface, you got to say, yes, this is, this is Trev's guy. And you're gonna, and he's let him come in and do what he, want, what he wanted and hired his staff. So as of right now, I'd say yes. But in reality, we, you know, we got to be a wait and see. You know, the, you know, coaching in the big – I will say this. For everybody that's new here and everybody that's on the staff, this is, without a doubt, the biggest job they will ever have. This is, without a doubt, ten times a bigger job than Baylor, ten times a bigger job than the Carolina Panthers, and 10 times bigger than Temple. With that being said, now you're coaching against the best of the best that you got to play catch-up on, and they're a little bit header, they're a little bit ahead of the game. But, I, I mean, right now I like what they're doing. They're working at it. Um, they're recruiting. Um, you know, it's, it's tangible effort where you're seeing, and you're seeing he's changing the narrative. Um, everybody's working, and they're doing their job. And so just on that alone, you expect them to be successful and uh, have a pretty good tenure. Jay, on that note, as far as – the the ground they have to make up we got about a minute here where do you think is the biggest gap from where they are right now to where they want to be you know it's a lot it's a lot um i'd say the offensive line um you know just right there depth and you know the defensive line lost a lot of players you know whether they you know declared for the nfl or decided not to play anymore Mm -hmm. and the offensive line philosophy wise while scott was here I, i think in theory, they were saying they wanted to be physical, but they weren't doing it. I think the improvement in the offensive line last year um, was understated, and that's just my opinion. I felt like in the positions that they were put in, Damon, you can comment on this, I guess, after I get off air. You, when you have a young offensive line, you have to play to their strengths, but then you're coaching to their weaknesses as far as your play calling. Ooh. I felt like they actually survived. I, I, I felt like 
So I'm being honest. Yeah. No, I'm gonna use that. I don't need. It. I mean, that's the honest to God truth because you know the play that the, the, the play that Casey got hurt. That wasn't on the offensive line. That actually was on the you know the the running back and the tight end that needed a check release, right? So they had had everybody blocked up. Purdue game, we were dropping back, and and also the Rutgers game without any you know sort of a really tangible run game to threaten the defense. So any defense in, in the major or power five is going to have, you know, a feast on your quarterback. But then you also saw Northwestern game, they passed protected well. Uh, they ran, run blocked well. There's other games that where they had some rhythm going there where you saw a realistic, and I call it tangible improvement from the year before. And so then, therefore, I think there might be more in the cupboard. And I like their pickup of Scott. I like their retention of Donnie. Um and we're going to see how Satterfield and all these guys, you know, marry their team to this Big Ten because that's going to predicate how you win here, offensive-defensive line. You practice well on the offensive line. Your defensive line will get better. You will be actually more physical at the second level and be able to tackle um, effectively in the Big Ten late in the season, which I think um, not last year but the year before really hurt Nebraska. Um, and then also I'm going to say this, right, the work that Mickey Joseph and staff did in those, I don't know, seven, eight weeks cannot go unnoticed. And I would implore everybody to give them credit because they changed the culture on the fly, mm. expectations, and the play. So, so Matt Rule and those guys are coming in and playing with a little bit more stacked deck than, say, when you come in after Callahan or Riley. There's a lot of work done in there in that locker room. Um, where those guys know how to work and they're inspired to play good football because they did some things that a lot better team talent-wise weren't able to were able to do, regardless of the end result of a coach being fired. Jay, fantastic man. Anytime you want to break us off a call, man, we're you're going to yeah. the front of the line. I appreciate you and safe travels. Hey, hey, man, I'm gonna say this for short. Congratulations to you, man. You got both of your both of your kinfolk playing in state. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a ball. I didn't know you had that hoop skills in your jeans, <laughs> man. Like, it, you, it, I mean, you know. I mean, it happened by osmosis, man. It wasn't me. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Safe travels. Yeah. That's my main man, Jay Foreman. Back after this. I can't even get his bread, man. When people come asking me what's going on. Back after this on Coffee and Cream. With Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here you go. That unto itself, as we welcome you back live from H&H Studios, Coffee and Cream. Brought to you by the fine folks at the Beanery, where they just serve coffee. Even and though, smoothies. Even smoothies. though they're a smoothie game, I'm telling you, go get the apple. The apple? Yeah, it's green. It's not, it's not like a sour apple taste. So, so that's the thing, right? Okay. It's uh, it. It tastes like what it's supposed to be. Like a real apple? Like an apple. Not like a Jolly Rancher? Listen, all the way fire. Okay. Yep. Got they have, like, can you get, like, the little protein boosts and stuff in there? Yeah. Okay. They, they've got options. And it's it's a it, they've got four locations, but it's a cool little, the one that's closest to me is on the south side right here in La Vista, and looks like a little house. Okay. Like, just a, reminds me, there's a, there's a cheese house that I like to go there, too. So, it looks like people used to live there at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a little dwelling. And they've like made it a. It's business. like what is that? What's that? Malara's, that Italian place that's like in yeah, somebody's and you, and old you house. Yeah, you think it's like oh, this is. And the bathrooms are like upstairs in somebody's bedroom. 
<laughs> exactly. That great voice you hear is Ravi Lula. And uh, folks are enjoying some breakfast. We're getting uh, lots of reviews on the the cereal Frenchie. Uh, there's sausage. There's egg. There's bacon. It's dipped in cereal. Okay. Flash fried. Uh, there are breakfast potatoes. Uh, he's got the menu set for the next three uh, opportunities here already, so it's going to be pretty cool. So we appreciate you. We're yeah. not a tough hang. <laughs> no, we're cool. We're cool. We're fun. <laughs> not 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 a not tough a hang. tough hang. How many times during just that little thirteen minute spiel from Jay were you like, huh? <laughs> well, I mean that's kind of what what Jay gives you, right? He gives you a lot to chew on, and then he says it so nonchalantly Ooh. that it kind of you kind of have to take a minute where you're like, oh, he just said something interesting there. And I saw you perk up when he's talking about the offensive line where he goes, you coach to their strengths, which is what I think because think he, he was talking about how he liked the retention of, of Donovan Raiola, right? Yeah, he slid that in he did. subtly, he didn't did. he? It was just, I caught it. I caught it <laughs> under the radar there, how he liked the retention of, of Uncle Donnie there, but he thought the play calling was playing to their weaknesses, which – in that case, can make you look really bad, Yeah. right? So there's a lot in there. Uh, Shane, how many minutes do we have in this segment before we get Doc? Uh, you won't get Doc for about 12 minutes. Okay, so let's, let's start with this one first. Yeah. And I wanted to talk hoops, but okay. Say love you. Yeah, well, I wasn't expecting, <laughs> a call. wasn't expecting a call from Foreman either. So let me start with when he said about give credit to Coach Joseph and this staff the last six, seven weeks for laying the groundwork in terms of culture. He said he flipped it overnight, and Mm -hmm. he gave those recruiting guys that came in and swept the state by storm a carrot to go on. Like, Coach Rule and his staff just didn't come in on the fly with no feel-good. Yeah, I the, the 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 groundwork had already been laid with the fervor of Coach Joseph. Because remember, that's why people were so excited locally, because he had flipped the recruiting dynamic no, on I, its ear. I, I definitely understand that, and I understand. I understood why people liked how the team looked with with Coach Joseph, even though they didn't win enough. Right? I I wonder because. Coach Rule, this is what he does. He flips things quickly, <laughs> right? That, that's why he's here. Oh. And that includes culture, right? I mean, usually first and foremost. So I wonder, it's not like Nebraska was more toxic than Baylor. Okay, nothing was. That's about as toxic of a situation short of Penn State and Bill O'Brien as you can inherit. So, and I'm not trying to be a hater here because I, I liked – you know, I, I don't know Coach Joseph the way a lot of you guys do. But I wonder if we give him more credit because we like him. Mm. Uh, personally, I'm going to say, I've, not obviously, I'll be honest with you because you're my guy anyway. But And, you know, I owe it to our, to our listeners. But no. Okay. Because the impact that he had making inroads in the state in just a couple of days – Sure. I, I felt like we're spectacular because you got to remember, I'm pitting that against the backdrop of what coaches had been telling me over the last four or five years. Fair. So I'm fair. I, so so that's my that's my frame of reference. But so I, think, I, I think I actually think it's closer to being understated than overstated. And I think because I, you because he leveled the playing field, he made it about 
he made it so you couldn't say, "Oh, is it just because it's a new guy?" Like he he bridged he bridged the emotional gap to expound upon, not start new. Sure, just because you're new. But does I, that make sense? It does. I also wonder how much of that because you're talking about what you were hearing from coaches the last four or five years. Obviously, yeah. we know who we're talking about there in terms of who's who's making those phone calls and having those conversations with you. Yeah. Is it also one of those things that, you know, kind of like what we do with Coach Rule, that we're grading on a curve because of what we experienced with the previous staff? Like, does he get totally fair. a little bit extra bounce because he's being compared to, as I mentioned with, with Jay, a pretty low bar? So here's the thing, though, and that's a – And, again, I'm not trying to be a no, hater no, on Coach I, Joseph. I, if, we can't, if, if folks can't handle the way you frame the question, that probably says more about them than you because – I don't think it, it – it's not a hater mentality. It's, okay, what's the, base, what's the baseline? What's the benchmark? What are we comparing it to? Which is why I think it's important. Like if, if, if your kid's a good student mm-hmm. and they go from a B-plus to an A, you're thinking no big deal. Mm-hmm. If your kid is not a very good student and they go from a D to a B, you're thinking – Man, that's fantastic. Yeah. Right? Well, it's so I get it. You're thinking the bar's pretty low, so you're like, ah, oh, you're a six-foot-high jumper. Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's why you have to listen to the key words. The infrastructure that I think Coach Rule's starting to put in place, whether accountability, mm-hmm. work ethic, because I think if you pit it against the backdrop of what we want as a fan base, mm-hmm. they're meeting the check marks without comparing it to what wasn't done hey listen he's up early mm-hmm. these guys are staying late doesn't matter but what the next autom- guy was or wasn't don't doing we automatically compare it in our minds though no because you don't you never knew it, that's fine maybe it creeps in and i listen i'm not going to talk you into anything it doesn't if it creeps into your subconscious mm-hmm. that that's your barometer i mean if you meet a girl tomorrow mm-hmm Right, and you're like, man, Lisa's fifteen times better than Tawanda. You're like, at some point, Lisa's going to have her own benchmark. Yes, even though subconsciously you're comparing it to your last. But because we haven't seen any games yet under Matt Rule, but we have, eno- we, does he have his own benchmark yet? No, but we have enough sample size of what we haven't liked to see early on mm-hmm. versus what we have liked to see early on, whether it's Coach Frost or not. Yeah. We've, we've seen Callahan. Listen, Tom Chattel wrote an article one month into Callahan's arrival about the gated community at South Stadium. Yeah. Hard to get into. Yeah. What do we say about Coach Pelini? Well, you know, early on, not so sure. It's X amounts players. What's happening with recruiting? Coach Riley comes in. Very few people like that idea. We basically pitted against what we didn't have it in both. Mm-hmm. Coach Frost comes in. Okay, here's the savior. Uh, not sure. Oh, here's the resume. We have all those things to pit it against in your head yeah. that aren't just Scott Frost related. It's what you as a fan base think is the basic level of good business sense. So let's expand this. Let's expand it past Coach Frost, okay? Don't, I don't want to pick on one guy, even though it was the worst stretch of Nebraska football in 60 years. <laughs> Just sliding that in there. <laughs> it's, is it because the bar had been continued to be lowered for the last 20 years? 
is it not just we're comparing it to Scott Frost? We're comparing it to everything for the last 20 years. I mean, maybe. I guess I'd have to ask each individual fan. Because it's hard to wash that from your brain. It is, but it also, I think, you may be selling the constituency short in terms of what his or her frame of reference is. Like, I think... Like, I'm not giving them enough credit for... Yeah, like, they maybe know what good business sense is versus not good business senses. You don't have to just... Like, if you give me a piece of toast and it's fresh Mm -hmm. and I'm pitting it against a stale piece of toast, I would tell you, oh, it's good, but that's just because I'm used to stale toast. I would tell you, um, I would say, oh, it's still just toast. Sure. Like, I think we can do that as a fan base. I think we can, but I also think that we get so excited about new shiny objects, right? So, I mean... People thought for a while Bo Pelini was operating at a level that he needed to to continue to win. And to have a little bit of fun. I think some people would still make that argument, weirdly enough, like a decade later because people like having old arguments. Right there. But I think when you compare it to the way Rule operates, you can see, oh, this looks different. Sure. Like, you need a frame of reference, but right. how long can you co- – I just think we've had some time, even without wins and losses, mm-hmm. to operate to decide whether somebody is functioning like an adult or not. Like, so do you? You know, for your industry, whatever it is, I think you have a sense of what best practices look like. Sure, you, you should. Right. Yeah. Without having to compare it to something that's that linear or real time, like if. I don't know how many different analogies I could give, but I know what I think a good steak tastes like, even though I don't have to pit it against a bad steak. But I think I think the part you're skipping is that inherently you're comparing it in your mind. That's why you know what a good steak tastes like. Well, so but do, would you trust me that I know what varying degrees of good look? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I think the fan base knows what varying degrees of good leadership looks like. That's fair, right? Like I, I, I just. But are we more enamored by it because we haven't seen it for so long? Um, sure, but don't you think we have check marks that we're kind of hitting in our head? Absolutely. Of what we want? Absolutely. Well, man, I'd want this in a coach. I'd want this in leadership. I'd want this in administration. So we're pitting it against whether we're seeing that. That's because fair. nobody wants to compare you know, success versus the lowest mean necessary. That's fair. Right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. We may have to revisit that. Big one coming up next on Coffee and Cream. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. You know, I've, I've been a Coach Rule fan back when he was at Baylor. Stopped through at their practices. Um, obviously, I knew some of the coaches on the staff. And um, when he went to Carolina, it's funny. Him and I did talk about, you know, maybe I would come there. The timing wasn't really right. Um and when I started seeing his name flash up there, you know, maybe to come to Nebraska, I was like, man, I wonder. And we connected, and he was like, hey, come join us. And there just was not any way that I was going to say no to this opportunity. Welcome back. It is Coffee and Cream. I'm ODB. Ravi Lula filling in for Andrew Rogers. We are wishing him the best on the men. We are live from H&H Chevrolet Studio. That voice you heard is the one that we've kind of been excited about uh, since the official announcement of the hire even the fan base gravitating towards 
the creativity of the hire. We heard her on the Husker Radio Network mm-hmm. with my colleague Jessica Cootie last week, and we're like, we've got to find a way to get Dr. Elsa as she now joins Coffee we're and Cream. The, having some more phone issues, I got to get her again. All right. Well, we thought we had her. <laughs> get her back. We'll get try to. Back. We'll we'll try to get her back. I don't. Like, is it our? It, it's not an us thing. It might be an us problem. It might you, be. You think? Well, I mean, well, what you say? Is com- Once is a coincidence. Twice, is, you know. Yeah, the fluke coincidence trend thing. I, you know, I, we're 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 quickly heading towards trend here. Oh, but yeah. So one more. Yeah. Do we have another? Do we? I'll we have another an- guest an- today. I don't an- think another litmus test to go through. Shane, how are we doing there, buddy? Sasha, we still working? Although I don't know, Jay was cutting out a little bit too, so that it might be us. He was at an airport. How about him just being just wanting to break us off a call though? Well, I appreciate that. You know, participating in the show, we like that, right? Yeah. And listen, and Jay, like we said, Jay gave some good stuff there. We, I mean, we just blew through an entire segment, kind of talking about what he brought us up, brought up to us. Yeah, and kind of getting getting that um, that that impromptu. Is kind of what I, I I like about the show. Shane, are we good? Yes, no, I maybe so. I think we're still working. Yeah, so is, I think we can try it. All right, Doctor Elsa, are you are you with us? Good morning. I am here. Yay! We 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 have we have progress. We really appreciate your time. We were just playing the the snippet from the the fantastic interview that you did with. The Husker Radio Network and 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 Jessica Cootie get, kind of getting the the first introduction in with the Nebraska media. Surprise, pleasantly surprised. Like, kind of, what are your thoughts so far about how quickly you've been received? Well, I, you know, I've taken aback a little bit. You know, the the job here in Texas, I was obviously somewhat high profile. I guess I, I didn't look at it that way, but. I figured it out now, and um, I kind of thought I'd be behind the scenes on this. So uh, <laughs> it, it's it's um, it's a pleasant surprise, and and I'm glad if I can help this program in any way that um, that I can be out front and serve in, in a positive way and help build Nebraska football. I always I always kind of I always joke with Jessica. She has this kind of this unique way of 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 kind of her interviewing style. It's very disarming, and just to listen to you to go back and forth on the Husker Radio Network. I just was kind of captivated as you're, as you're telling the story of kind of the arrival in, in Coach Rule. And I want to go back to something you said earlier that we just played when talking with, with JC where you said, you know, it wasn't like I was going to tell Coach Rule no. Mm-hmm. right? I wanted this opportunity. So far since he's been here, there seems to be that theme. He's – you don't want to tell him no. There's something about his presence where people want to be around what he's doing. Can you give the cliff notes on kind of what it is? What it is. Um, wow. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you, it's for me personally, and I, and I believe this to be true about all our staff. I mean, our staff individually, each person, we're all so different. But I think we all buy into one thing. We, we want to be led by a strong and consistent leader that's going to make us better, that's going to invest in us so that we can give our best back to the, our football players, you know, the, the state of Nebraska, the administration of Nebraska. And Matt just has 
this unique quality uh, that I call it the it factor where he is, um, he's going to take you where you're at, you know, where you're presently at in your leadership spectrum and he's going to push you to be better. And this whole staff is made up of people that want to get better. Nobody's complacent. Everybody knows they have room to grow. And um, I don't know, I th- he's a magnet. We all want to be around him. Uh, we take in every word that he says and uh, we apply it to you know, ourselves personally and to the program. And that's why I think we're generating something really special at Nebraska. Dr. Elza, one of the things that Coach Rule uh, talks about all the time and, and seems to be really important to him is the connections and the relationships he, he builds with people through football. What does that look like in your mind with your new role uh, at Nebraska? Um, you know, he's right, right off the, the, from the bat, from the, when I started with Nebraska, um, you know, he's, he wants you to use what your, your God-given strengths. And, you know, one of mine has just been the, the ability to build relationships with anybody. Mm. Um, you know, shed the, shed the stereotypes, build relationships, build trust um, that's based on, you know, character and all those things. And I think with him, you know, I remember when he interviewed me, <laughs> if you call it an interview, I mean, when we <laughs> met, I told him, I said, man, I can help. I can help with this recruiting piece, especially out of, this, out of the state of Texas. And I kind of, in the back of my head, I was thinking, is, is, does he truly believe that? And, and he did. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just, you know, I probably don't fit the stereotypical chief of staff role, you know, because usually that is way far behind the scenes. Um, but you know, he, he wants to take, you know, what credibility I've built in this state, um, what credibility I've built with coaches and, and utilize it not only in Texas, but use it and utilize it in Nebraska and and beyond. And so, um, I'm very excited about that. It, I mean, there's no doubt everybody knows this. If someone roots you in the, in the program and uses your abilities, uh, to help the program, I mean, it, it fires you up. It motivates you. And he's not doing it to motivate me. It's, it's what he truly believes in. Dr. Elza, that is spectacular <laughs> so far as we're talking to Nebraska's new chief of staff. I, 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 I sometimes joke with, with my, my sphere of influence, whether it's former players or just folks in the media. There's, there's this thing about Coach Rule that's very inviting and engaging. Get if you're not secure with who you are, you can kind of leave conversation second guessing, right? Was that, was that a checkers or chess moment, right? Is he, <laughs> is he sizing me up yeah. where you, it, so I'm, you're laughing because I, I, I'm thinking you're thinking that's, that's spot on. So to give yourself some credit, you've got to be awful secure and whether it's quiet confidence or well-established or whatever, you have to have a certain presence that you bring to the table in order to function with and in an environment like that where you do have to be secure in your own skin. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, and, and I've, it's going to sound terrible. It's going to sound like I'm full of myself. But, you know, I've never struggled with confidence. Um, and, it, I, and I haven't. <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? But I, I don't or honest. in a a derogatory way. I mean, you know, you it, being a, a person that I, I selected a field here in Texas that it, it was hard to move up, you know, because of the, because of your gender. 
And, and I don't go into these, you know, com- conversations too much because I want to always focus on the positive, but there were some challenges there. And hmm. it's a real true gut check when you're coming up, when you're trying to, you know, grab a position that has primarily been held by, uh, by males maybe. And you, you, you have a lot of reason for people to doubt you. You have a lot of reason to have self-doubt. And, you know, I told Jessica this the other day, I mean, you have to know what you're good at. Mm. You, you have to know what you're good at, and you build on that. And then you also have to know what you're not so good at, and you build on that. And I think those constant self-evaluations gives you the confidence to be able to, to do your job but know you're not perfect. Now that's and, it. Um, what's that? I was going to say that. I, sorry to interrupt. That's interesting because she and I had had – Jessica and I had had some sidebar conversations about – like interviews, and, we, and I was joking with her about her good keys to the game and stuff like this. And she says, you know, I, I just, and she said this, and I quote, I just know what I'm good at, so I try to focus on that. And I, and I remember kind of just being struck by it because it, sometimes I think it's hard for people to take self-inventory real time and not come across, like you said, as maybe overconfident or arrogant. It's, it's maybe just knowing who you are as an individual, and sometimes – a lot of us fight that. Oh, man, you, you do. And, and I think the people, I mean, I, I don't care who you are. And, and I shared this with Jessica, too, which, I, I, by the way, I think she's a badass. And, <laughs> but I, hey, yeah, she I does, do. too. <laughs> she's incredible. And that's okay. Yeah, she should, yeah. Right? I appreciate but it. I, I told her, yeah, I told her, I said, look, um, it's not just about male versus female. I mean, it's the color of your skin, mm. your age. Look at Garrett McGuire. I mean, he comes in, everybody's like, what the heck? We've got this young receiver coach, and he can't focus on the noise, you know? He's got to focus on – look at his resume. Look where he's been, you know? He's, he's been at the NFL um, level, and here he comes, and he's named the wide receiver coach uh, for the University of Nebraska, and he can't focus on the noise. He's got to focus on his skill set, what he's built himself, and the confidence, and I think that just goes across everybody, Right. And, um, and that's what, you know, for me personally, I mean, I could have focused on all the reasons I couldn't, you know, accomplish things. And I've never, I've never spent time on that. I just focused on getting better. And I, and to this day, I'm still trying to get better. Dr. Elza, you mentioned, you know, being in a couple roles that maybe you were not the stereotypical fit for, but, you know, at chief of staff and then uh, back in your role in Texas as well. How do you balance what you talked about in terms of knowing what you're good at and sticking with it versus a pretty natural emotion of maybe wanting to prove yourself mm. in a role that maybe other people don't think you should have? <laughs> you know, you just uh, – I, I don't know why I'm laughing because I think it's just you, you remember some of the things that you felt like were setbacks and then you look back on them and they weren't setbacks. They were things that were pushing you forward. Um, you know – I'll just go back to what I I think I keep saying. I'm probably kind of being a broken record, but, um, you know, the balance is not about the people on the outside. The balance is on the inside of, you know, myself personally trying to make myself knowledgeable. And I, and I shared this the other day as well, um, with Jessica, you know, when I, when I went to UIL, um, our governing body of sports in the state of Texas, you know, I was really very rule knowledgeable, but when you get inside there and, you're having to give a rule, you know, um, interpretation that it's the difference between a, a school having to forfeit a game and not having to forfeit a game. Mm. That's a gut check, right? Mm, yeah. 
But you come in and everybody around me at UIL was more knowledgeable in the rules. But what I knew I was really good at was process, structure, building culture, um, and, you know, celebrating people. I'm, I'm good at that, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's no different on this job. I'm coming into a landscape I haven't been in. And I'm going to be stereotyped right off the bat. Hey, she's a high school person. She's not a college person. And, yeah, everybody around me is going to know more than I do. But that doesn't, that doesn't, um, that doesn't scare me in the least. Um, I'm going to go in and do what I do. I'm confident. I know how to build culture. I know how to build process, relationships, all the things that go with the role that I'm in. And I'm going to learn the rest. I don't have any doubt about that. It's going to take time. I'm going to have to be patient. And I got to be honest when I don't know something. And um, that served me well in that other role uh, in Texas. And I think it's going to serve me well here. Doc, as we're talking with Dr. Elsa Nebraska's new chief of staff, uh, I've got a couple of buddies that serve. uh, They have roles uh, with our Scholastic Athletic Association at the high school level here. And one of them goes to meetings every year. And it's they meet with 49 of the 50 state representatives on the rules committee. The one that they don't meet with is because they're not a part of the committee is Texas. He says Texas right. does their own thing. So that's just that. That unto itself is pretty impressive when you look at you, Texas high school is often the benchmark. How much of that do you take with you? How much of that do you take some time to figure out, okay, Nebraska is a little different maybe equally as passionate, which I think you'll find out pretty soon if you don't know already, and make that work with your skill set? That's a great question, and I want to expound on something just, you know, for the listeners is, you know, what that means is all of the other states follow the National Federation of uh, Football, there's National Federation of High School Football Rules, and, and Texas is the only state that follows NCAA. Um, which means, you know, our, our model in Texas is, is kind of created in the same style that, that NCAA is. And I had a seat, obviously I didn't get to go this year because I'm at Nebraska, but I had a seat at that rules-making table for the NCAA. And if you think that wasn't helpful, then you're crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it was a bragging right for us. Um, the, the game's more advanced at the college level, and the fact that we play by those rules and that we have – uh, spring ball um, and our two largest conferences in Texas. Um, I mean, it, it just puts you front and center. And, you know, we're getting ready for our spring practices. And now all those rules on the football side are very familiar to me. <laughs> uh, it's more the compliance rules that I'm having to learn. But, um, you know, I can't wait to meet the, the folks from the association there in Nebraska. I, I had never crossed paths with them when I was in my role um, at UIL. I'd love to pick their brain and see if there's any way I can contribute um, some things just to give them food for thought. But, um, you know, you, y- y'all know and everybody knows that Texas football is pretty beefed up, and, and I do think part of that is because we do follow the NCAA rules and we, we have some spring training things that other states don't. Dr. Elza, have you been able to, in, in just your brief time here so far, identify – some of the challenges you think you'll be facing in terms of getting Nebraska football and being a part of that and getting Nebraska football back to where I think everybody wants it to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I've been here six weeks. Um, 
at the present moment, I think y'all know this, I'm in Texas picking yeah. up my last few items and driving back tomorrow. But um, I, uh, I have been amazed at a lot of things. And one of the things that I have been very amazed by is just the, how quickly the transformation of our, of our players. Um, I don't know that they've, and, and this is not a knock on anybody, so don't anybody take this personally, but I don't know that they've ever been engaged with an entire football staff uh, the way that that they are now, mm. and it, you know, everybody thinks about the on-field coaches, mm-hmm. um, and it's not—it's the entire staff, yep. uh, strength and conditioning, uh, the entire football staff on off-field. Um, we have a new uh, nutritionist for football. We'll be adding some more in that, and the accountability that that maybe they weren't tested as much. You know, having to be at breakfast, lunch, dinner, that we eat with them every meal, every meal our staff does. Um, the accountability to academics, the accountability to their, to their efforts and their, their self-discipline on the field. Uh, we do class checks. I don't, I don't know that they, you know, they're kids, right? They check, <laughs> they're going to test us a little bit, right? <laughs> um, but, and I don't want to call it conformity just because that sounds so negative, but in a way it is. I mean, they have conformed, but they've also bought in. Um, I called coach yesterday and um, the day before yesterday um, on our Wednesday mat drills. I was like, well, how was mat drills today? And that was the day he had tweeted, progress has been made. <laughs> and, I mean, he was so fired up. And, and, you know, it's hard to put it into words, but this program is changing in a great way. And, you know, I've said this, hey, we're undefeated right now. But I don't think, you know, I think we had some, we've had some major wins without lining up against somebody else because just the way our kids are responding and, and committing to the, the culture of this program and to the standards of this program. Doc, we just, I was just challenged with a question last segment. You know, 12-minute pretty good spirited discussion about best practices versus, um, you know, comparing to the low a low common denominator uh, that's just code for are we kind of enamored with what's going on now just because it hasn't been good before and I said you know this fan base kind of has a subconscious of checklists that they want to see after what's transpired over the last 20 years I'm dying to know what's made this staff say hey these are my strengths these are what I'm good at this is what I can do to help elevate this program versus, well, this program comes with a lot of perks. How can it help me be who I've been up to this point? I think I understand the question. (laughs) (laughs) If I don't, just redirect me here. Um, You know, the one thing I am just, uh, you know, obviously in a position I had in Texas, I was so, um, I, I had access to a lot of things. That's how I met Coach Rule when he was at Baylor. So, I had a lot of relationships and friendships with coaches across um, this state, college coaches, and I had access to those college programs. And um, UIL, you may or may not know this, is part of the University of Texas. And um, yeah. when, I, when I look at these programs across the state in Texas and I look at, at Nebraska and I look at the resource that they have, that I don't think people you know, on the outside realize you're you are completely set up for success um, in Nebraska because of the support and the funding that you have and the support you have, you know, individually for the athletes. 
and for the staff. And I think, you know, with us, each one of us, I don't know that I'm speaking for everybody, but I think I am, you know, um, those, we come in with this skill set. Um, we have resources to get better. We have resources to advance ourselves. And the whole reason we'd be advancing ourselves is so we can benefit the program and the players that are within it. And, um, I, I, you know, I've talked to a bunch of my Texas friends and, and they're, they're like, you know, tell us about Nebraska. And I'm like, you've never seen anything like it. I, I mean, it, it's, I've never seen, and, and like I said, I, I had, you know, really good observations of our, of our college programs here in this state. And I think they far exceed um, any that I've seen. We just got to funnel that all in the right direction so that it, that it turns into a successful football program. Doc, we got a couple minutes left with you here. Um, unless, not to put you on the spot, feel free to tell us, Noah, if you'll hold through the break, Doc, could you give us maybe eight, seven or eight minutes on the other side? Yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, go, go, go ahead, Ravi. Okay, so thanks, Doc. I, I wanted to ask you, you were talking about the resources and how they compared to a lot of places that you saw in Texas. What was something about the resources here at Nebraska that, that kind of surprised you or caught you off guard that you didn't know either that Nebraska had or, the, or maybe that, that anybody had? Um, you know, <laughs> I think it's just the individual investment in each athlete. And, and I'm, I'm mm. talking outside of football. Um, you know, sometimes the support can be funneled just towards one sport. Um, but when you look at, you know, and, I'm, and now I'll talk specifically about football, what, they're, what they do for our players um, academically, what they do for our players life skills-wise, what they do for our players nutritionally, um, what they do for the, you know, the performance lab. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have everything committed to memory because some of that I'm still learning. Um, the psychological, the mental health services that they have. I mean, I mean these these players are supported in just a tremendous way. And and then if you start talking about, you know, our training components, which is the core of what we do, our weight room, um, the way we are able to pour resource into monitoring each of these kids, you know, each of these players. Um, I mean, I'm I'm probably missing something, but it mm. is probably one of the most well-rounded that I've ever seen and I'll go back to the bigger picture, across all sports. And then finally, I mean, look at our facilities. Um, and we're about to move into that new football facility in June or July. I mean, I, I don't know if y'all have heard these numbers before, but, but our director of construction had told me this the other day. We're in a 121,000-square-foot uh, football facility right now. And guess what? We're about to move into a 315,000-square-foot <laughs> football facility that will be the best of its kind in all of college football. Being captivated. That is exciting. Being captivated and educated at the same time. We'll be back through the break with Dr. Susan Elsa. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. If you're around him for any amount of time and you see him interact with his coaches and his players, um, those times there made me want to work for him. I mean, you just you pick your people by the way they lead. And you don't always get to pick your bosses that way, but I'm lucky that I had that time and I, and I knew if he did call my name, you know, I was going to go running. Hi, we're back. Coffee and cream live from H&H Studio uh, at HVC Hill Varsity Club. Uh, great snippet uh, from the Husker Radio Network with Jessica Cootie sitting down to talk to Dr. Susan Elsa, who's Nebraska's chief of staff. 
which got our attention. And I'm a little biased because obviously <laughs> I work for the Husker Radio <laughs> Network and Jessica's a colleague, but I'm like all in on and I was captivated. And Docs, thank for uh, thank you for joining us for uh, another brief segment here. So we appreciate your time. Sure. Oh, glad to be here. Doc, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, we were we were talking about kind of comparing and contrasting what you had seen at, at Texas versus Nebraska. And one of the things that I, I don't know if you've picked up on yet um, from being around here, but there's a, there's a segment of the Nebraska fan base that doesn't believe that Nebraska can compete at the highest level again. Compared to what you've seen in Texas and what you've seen up here, is there any reason that you think Nebraska can't do that and can't be where they want to be? If I said that I believed we could not, somebody needs to fire me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, I, it, that, it's not rhetoric. Uh, it's not rhetoric from, from any one of us um, that's a part of this staff. Um, you know, number one, you know, the, the, the abilities and talent level that, that remained at Nebraska from our returning players um, – is incredible. You know, we brought in, you know, some really uh, incredible mid-years. And, uh, and then we'll bring in, the, uh, you know, the next class um, as we go into June, um, you know, the summer strength and conditioning type stuff. Um, I'm using some of my, my Texas language, so i got to get a move away from that and get into the college language. But, um, but no, I, I do, there are a lot of naysayers. And, um, and I've had conversations with them, you know, because we stay – they put us up in a hotel for a while, so I was able to go to restaurants, and almost every time I had my Nebraska football stuff on, and <laughs> they, they talk about it. Our, the fans of Nebraska talk about, man, I'm just, I'm so hopeful, but I, I feel so much doubt. Mm. And, um, you know, and, and you can understand it. It just, they haven't been able to get their, their 90s um, streak, you know, back when Coach Osborne was here, and all the wonderful things that he did, they haven't been able to get that revived, and um, there's not a doubt in any person's mind internal to our program that this will change and this will change as soon as this year. Dr. Ellis, let me ask you something, because one of the things that I try to tell people about Coach Rule and this staff, whether it's re- recruiting people in our own, my own household versus the interactions that I've had with this staff, authenticity is the one word that I keep coming back to. Just wh- whomever they are, that that's that's what you're going to see. And they leave it up to me and us to decide whether that's something we can handle or not. How much does that coexist with that trust word that you keep talking about when you reference Coach Rule and the opportunity to work with this staff? Um, I love your word, uh, authenticity. Um, I think authentic is the way, when I look across our staff, you know, Satterfield, Tony White, uh, Ed Foley, um, all of our coaches, um, all of our off-field, Sean Padden, Y'all heard me talk about, you know, him with Jessica. I mean, um, he, I mean, just an incredible, I call him a wizard. He is a football wizard uh, behind the scenes. And, um, you know, all of them. I mean, Garrett McGuire, Bob Wager. Um, what, this is the one thing, and, and, I, and I said this in the interview with Jessica, too, is, you know, with Coach, what you see is what you get. And I said it about myself, what you see is what you get. But it, it's just true across the staff. And that trust. We all bring something different, you know. Um, every person has something, you know. He's got 14 members of our staff have worked with him or played for him, and 
if that's not trust, I don't know what it is because they want to be there. And, you know, I remember somebody saying to me, hey, uh, Susan, golly, that's going to be hard on you. You know, he's got 14 relationships, um, you know, already established and, you know, you're going to have to try to fit in. And that, that couldn't be further from the truth for, for <laughs> any one of us that haven't been with him for 14 years. Yeah. Um, and I think it is that authenticity that comes from him and resonates through us. And it, you know, it's just that automatic trust. We're all there um, for the same reason, and we're all there for the right reasons. And you know, you hear these, you hear these in speeches, but I truly believe this: all of us are in the right place at the right time, and and great things are about to happen within this program. Dr. Elza, I'm sure you understand the importance of everybody being on the same page within any organization, but especially an athletic department. What role does kind of the leadership of Trev Alberts play in what you guys are trying to get going within the football program? I mean, you know, look at it. I just, you know, I remember whenever I met with Matt and, and I am a huge Trev Alberts fan and, and I'm not saying that just because I'm, I'm on the radio. I just, I almost fangirled him when I saw him because <laughs> I just, I, I really did. I mean, you can't help it. I mean, he's just a calm, yeah. he had such a successful career um, with Nebraska and to see him come back in that role, you know, you know, I know from experience what that means from him, just in some of my own relative experience. And it's it's one of the most premier programs um, in the nation that he's trying to breathe life back into. Hmm. And he's invested in Coach Rule and trusted Coach Rule to, you know, surround himself with people and um, that are, you know, that are going to help change this program, build this program in the right way. And, and, you know, I mean, for me, I just know how deeply personal that is to him. And it makes me want to work that much harder um, for him, you know. And um, I've got, you know, to spend some time with him, not near as much as I want to because I just want to absorb everything I can from him. Um, but it's, it's evident. I mean, he is a, he is a calm, um, intelligent um, – you talk about culture. He's a guy that's going to build the culture um, from a family perspective. We're all family across sports. And uh, it is exciting to work for – for someone like him, it's exciting to work for someone that has vision like he does and has passion like he does. But um, you know, it just there's no substitute for for me to work for somebody that has played out on that field and and is trying to help us build this program um, into a national powerhouse. Doctor Elsie, I'll get you out on this coming from Texas and and with A and M, who is um, often lofty in terms of their expectation level, Texas wanting to recapture what they do. It goes on and on within that state about expectations. When you come to Nebraska, there'll be there's some similar sentiment about what could be, what once was in yesteryear. Do you get into deciding or trying to discern between what's unrealistic, what's too myopic, versus not wanting to squash dreams? Like, how do you mm-hmm. calibrate expectations? Wow, that's a that, you just asked a big one. <laughs> um, that's a good question, man. Um, you know what? I don't. It, it's going to sound like I'm, you know, living in Never Never Land, but I don't. You know, we we're just not at a point where we need to cap off expectations. And you know, oh. I'm going to draw on my own coaching time or my time as an AD when you know I was, you know, picking football coaches and trying to help transform culture and all that kind of stuff. Um, you don't cap off expectations until until you get to a point where, you know, 
things need to be adjusted a little bit. Things are getting unrealistic. I mean, it's the feel of a program. And mm. I remember back back when I was coaching. So right now we're not capping anything. <laughs> um, you know, and I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about losing. Right. I don't want. I don't. But that's we should plan to win every game. And back when I was coaching softball way back when, um, you know, I may not have had a team that was going to win a state championship every year, but every year we competed for a state championship in our goals. And sometimes there's points where you have to adjust goals. You know, you're, you're three and seven and in district play, you know, and you're, you're, and I'm using some of my Texas terms, but, and it's going to be even a, a long shot that you get in the playoffs. So you have to readjust based on, you know, the, what's going on around you, what's actually happening in that moment. And, uh, you know, for me, if we talk about anything less than, than winning and winning every game, then we're selling our program short. And, uh, and I feel like that, that's pretty much the expectation throughout our program is we're, gonna, we're not going to think about losing um, and we're not going to, you know, calibrate anything. Um, we're just going to continue to push all components of the program towards success. Oh, fantastic stuff. A lot of the fan base couldn't be happier. Um, off to a rip-roaring start. Did not disappoint, Dr. Elsa. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, and go Big Red. Hey, safe travels. Thank you. Thanks, Doc. That is Dr. <laughs> exactly, that's Dr. Susan Elza. See, that's that's good stuff. Well, and it's like, remember on the heels of what we were just talking yeah. about in a pre-spirited discussion? You know what you you know what you when you hear something mm-hmm. or see something what fe- what's good to you what feels right right what feels right yeah that's why we use the term culture because it's something we can't really put our finger on mm-hmm. we can try and dissect it a little bit but we use culture as kind of a catch all for the things that we want that we can't explain uh, we'll try to put a bow on it there's a lot in there hopefully it'll be up on the replay page Sasha and Shane they're working there. Off trying to get it ready for you. Back after this on Coffee and Cream. Coming back now. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. (laughs) Yeah, I'm crazy. Welcome back, Coffee and Cream. (laughs) Live from H&H Chevrolet Studios. Still with a few of our friends for whatever the reason. (laughs) A lot going on. Um... Yeah, like that sounds all good, and I like production and music, and I just want to know if we're on or not. <laughs> well, it's a you know a little behind the scenes here. There's like a disconcerting silence before we actually come back. And I don't, and I, I assume he's busy because there's 266 thousand buttons back there. But I just want like either eye contact or him <laughs> well, to talk to I me through the. That's I all. I can't see through the window here with the sunlight and the. The in the glare. I, I literally can't see you. And the rockets, you can't see me? Not really. Is it a black thing? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm turning my mic off here. That's probably ver- <laughs> No, we just need to get him a booster seat. It, it, they put the window eye level. Like, what, what can't he see? <laughs> well, he said the, the, the glare, like the blinds aren't even open. Yeah, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what's happening here. It sounded like a bunch of malarkey, didn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Shane, do we have Maddie or no? Because if not, we are going to talk about some of those truth bombs that were just dropped. Uh, You can talk about them too mad here because he's here. Oh, hi, Matthew. What's up, buddy? (laughs) Wait. So, wait a minute. Do we have him or not? He's here in spirit. Matt, are you? Do we have him? Matt, are you there? 
Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Fudge. It's like real things are happening, and you know I can't focus. How are, th- how are you this morning? I remember my first time on radio. <laughs> uh, here we go. Hey, man. I texted you happy birthday. You didn't even respond. Dude, listen. What time did you send that? 11.53, Oh, man. before midnight. Listen, so number one, I wasn't paying attention. Number two, like when I'm the one, I don't even mess with my phone in the morning. I just try to get ready for the show. So I'm sorry, man. You're still my guy. Like. <laughs> Who is this? So do you know what comes. You just get up. Have you not learned anything? Just get on there and wing it. Well, I remember when I first did radio. <laughs> it's much more fun that way when you have no prep. You're like, what am I going to talk about? Hey, I, I do have to ask you something because you you have like a pretty tough strainer, like a filter that you put where you run baloney through. H- how are you not or are you or where are you at with like kind of being all in, at least with what Nebraska is trying to do with having as – my man Ravi Lula likes to say adults running the program. Are are they swaying you at all? Like, are they meeting mental benchmarks? Well, that's a stolen line, and now Ravi has violated a copyright that I have. So <laughs> my lawyer will be in touch. Mine just um, called me, too. I'm on, something must be oh. Yeah, that's a shocker. Yours <laughs> called you. No, it was the okay. domestic. It was the domestic one, not AC. He's his. You're listed in his phone as free money. <laughs> wow. So um, so back to know, the little it, litmus test. It's hype season. I mean, it's you know you know how it goes. I mean, we're just in the. They're trying to. Here's the social media department's job: create hype so we can start extracting money from our fans and build these facilities we want to build or get. Or bump up ticket prices, even though we're not moving them this year, because we're going to move them up next year. No, you so. don't really believe that, though, with the way that they're putting the staff together. Right? Let's start with that first. You know, it's it's kind of nice in a way because you know an outside portion about this current staff, and if you want to go research it and you want to go dig into it, you have to go do it. I haven't had that luxury or time to do it. Even though you do have a great um, search engine now. Yeah, I know. Having um, haven't ducked out goes awesome. Haven't had the chance to meet um, one of the coaches. You know, I mean, he's, they're very personable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and as I have copywritten, you know, I feel that the adults are, are running the show now. So that that just kind of reinforces some stuff for me. And it's and, and now all of the things that I've spewed out in the past of they just need discipline, they just need this, they just need that. I'm now on the clock because everything I've asked for is now happening. And so now does that oh, result in the win or am I full of it, right? Or maybe it is just the lost cause and they, and they can't play. I don't think that is true, but you know, I'm, I'm just excited. And again, do you know, if, like, are they going to play a game in the spring? Yeah, it's, play it's, no, it's legit. Okay, so we're getting down. Great, so we'll be able to see stuff. Yeah, and we can watch, and you can see not not plays and scheme and blah 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 blah. 
let's just look to see aggression. Mm. Like, let's look to see, as I quote Jay Foreman, some heads to bed. <laughs> like, let, let's, let's, let's see some dudes get hit. And let's see how, how bad, more, probably more importantly, how bad dudes want to get up. Okay? Because everybody in the game of college football gets got. <laughs> like, let's not, let's not get ourselves. We've, we've all been knocked down. And you sit there and say, like, get up. And you may find some guys don't want to get up, and then those guys can just go away because they got too many on scholarship right now. But that's what I'm excited to see, just the game and watch them play aggressively. Verge, you mentioned them giving you basically everything you wanted to, you wanted in terms of your own personal checklist. Is there a well, difference cool. between seeing that in the off season versus games? Like, is there a chance you could see it now and then it disappears in September? You can only gauge what he's got real time. No. Like, are you saying, am I going to get fool's gold early and then it disappears later? Yeah, is that something you're worried about at all? Okay. Are you going to pawn this off and say that you said it later after I say it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm bought in. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kool-Aid drinker. I, I do think it's interesting, and I'm glad Ravi asked it because you said you're on the clock because they're meeting, they're meeting – preseason guidelines that we all wanted. Robbie and I got into a knockdown drag out an hour ago over whether that's just because we're comparing it to the last regime. When you say it out loud, you've had this in your clock, your head for 20 years. Yeah, forever, basically. Yeah. Right? So you're, yeah. you've, you've now put, you, you put yourself on the clock. Yeah, and I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. And I, I don't think it will fade through the season. Now, I don't think I don't think the the if they are physical, I don't think the physicality will fade. I don't know numbers wise if if injury happens and, and your depth is a little different. Sure, yeah. but I think their depth is maybe a little bit better than it's been in a while. And now you got a different you know mindset, different mentality. Maybe that thing that you thought was an injury is just really a little boo boo, and you can still play. <laughs> so you know those those things are real that that happens. Are you hurt or are you injured? Those are two completely different worlds. So I, I think I think they will be able to maintain it through the whole year if we see it, you know, in the first couple games. I don't think it will fall off by the end. Hey coach Coach Foreman, Jay said something earlier about what did he say? Playing the players' strengths versus coach, play uh, calling to their weaknesses. Coaching the players' strengths versus play calling to their weaknesses. How much of that? Hey, I almost was like, wow, I, that needs to be on a T-shirt because I can. he put in a few words what we've been trying to say. How much of that do you think will change what we think about the offensive line play? Um... In a case, like I guess I don't really know. We haven't really been able to see what their strengths are. But oh, isn't that – Okay. Th this is why I hate – this is why I hate offensive coordinators. Okay. So wouldn't you look at a, at a situation, okay? I I've got a little gal that works here. She's maybe 5'2". She might weigh a buck. Uh, she might weigh a buck. Like, she's not very big. <laughs> but I'm not going to put her – in the back carrying 50-pound bags of flour. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put her up front where she can be personable and she can be nice and she can be friendly. Like, it's if I'm a play caller, 
I have to assess that and say, this is what we're good at. What plays do I have that accentuate that? If you want to get in and show your huge brain about all these sweet plays you have, but you don't have the players to run, then you're just dumb. I mean, it's just, you just, you need help, mm. really. Because you look at your team. <laughs> Michael Jordan. And you say, hey, I got these guys. They can do this really well. How many varieties of this can I throw at somebody to try to confuse them? Hmm. Done. How much window dressing can I put on with motion, with, you know, whatever, to, to try to disrupt that, that defense so they can't just sit there and tee off on us? Because we can do these, again, six plays really well. We got six runs, and we go left and right. That makes it 12. So I got 12 options that I can run. Perfect. And then you go from there. So that, that's, it's a great statement by Jay. And I hope, you know, what's his name? Sotfeld, Sotterfeld, whatever his name is. Satterfield. I hope he knows he can look at what he's got and assess it. I, I, I'm going to trust that he can because I'm a trusting person. I trust Trev hiring Matt Rule. I, I trust Matt Rule then to hire this guy. So hey, we'll have to. Foreman just kind of slid this in too right before Matty. He goes, you know, I'm I'm glad Rayola's back. Hopefully, we can, you know, and that's when he said that's what he said right before mm-hmm. the the calling plays to player strengths thing. But I also like the fact that you said, well, I don't really know what those are yet. Let's just hope they get that figured out because that's all fair to try to assess on the fly, right? Because we don't really know what they do well. But we heard though, right? Like I mean, we all heard he, how pissed everybody was at everybody, <laughs> and it's hard, it's hard to coach pissed. Right? Uh, I mean, you you hear of yelling matches, and you, it's like yeah, like these are supposed to be what's going at this, and everybody's yelling at everybody about what we're calling for plays. <laughs> I mean, there was even the pass aggressive shot of yeah, if we run the ball. I mean, that was back to Austin, but I mean, who knows, man? You, you got to be able to put it out there. Matt, love you, man. Talk soon. All right, boys. We'll see you. It's Matt Verzel. That's coffee and cream, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>